Previously on the Obsessed Podcast. The Butterfly album represents a pivotal moment of my life, both personally and professionally. I'll always cherish the memories of the creation of this album, writing the songs all over the world, working in the studio, and collaborating with some of my favorite producers and artists to bring this project to life. Each song has deeply significant meaning to me, some because of the experiences that led to write them and others because of the freedom to finally explore new musical directions and spread my reach as an artist and songwriter. Spread your wings and prepare to fly for you have become a butterfly. With that, let's get into the album. Just before completing her mission, codename Honey, Agent M is abducted by a ruthless counterintelligence organization known only as Dunks. Their orders detain Agent M at all costs. I told you if Jermaine likes it, then I like it. No, Bimbo, don't this, Papito. Swear to me. Well, all right, with that, let's get into the album. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. It's Nick, Gareth, and Gia. Today, we're here for our second part of our Butterfly album review. So in this part, we're going to go through the first half of the Butterfly album, which would be Honey Through Breakdown. But first, because we forgot to do this in the first episode, I think we should talk about our first time ever hearing Butterfly. What are your What is your nostalgia attached to that? Okay, so... The first time I'd heard Butterfly, it was it was the third album of Mariah's that I'd heard. Oh no, actually it wasn't. It was my it was the fourth because we got Glitter. Then we got Charm Bracelet. But I didn't own Glitter at this point. I'd got Rainbow, I'd got Charm Bracelet. So it was like 2002 where I actually heard it from start to finish all the way through. I'd heard a few songs, but to really actually enjoy the album all the way through 2002 summertime so for me it's always held that summer feel that summer vibe separate to you know parts of the lyrics throughout the album but like I borrowed a friend's because I was just obsessed with the artwork and I said I need to hear this album from start to finish so she lent it to me and as soon as I got home played it from start to finish recorded it onto a cassette tape and uh, I, I didn't tap into it straight the way like not fully like as I did with Rainbow because obviously I was going through something as well um, and that whole era just sang to me anyway so in a way I think not quite like Glitter like I knew I liked Glitter when I first heard it because it's quite boppy but I felt like with Butterfly I thought okay I'm gonna need to actually like listen to this and I'm not just talking like putting on in the background while I tidy my bedroom or whatever the situation might have been I mean like I need to really absorb this album and so I played it and I just I thought in a way it's very typical of Mariah like in terms of like the sounding of it and the way that the album's like put together like in terms of its track listing and I thought okay of course and that's the thing that I was like that's why I needed to listen to it. Cause I thought there's so much going on here. I really need to immerse myself really in this, have my earphones on, be on my own, cancel all my plans, you know, and just really get involved. And so I did, I went through it and I, I just knew 
I mean, I kind of already knew anyway with the albums that we got, but this, it really cemented the whole thing for me, really. I just thought, okay, there's no going back now. I like a lot of what you said because I relate with a lot of what you said as well with um, recording it to a cassette and um, going through a big part of my life when this album came out. But the first time that I ever heard the album, it was the day it was released, obviously, because I'm the only one that was really kind of there during this time. But I remember it really, really vividly because it was release date, um, September 16th. And I had my mom go pick up the album for me because I was just too young. I didn't have money like that. And I had to wait for my mom to get home from work that day. So the whole day, I was just like so excited to hear this album, freaking out, waiting for my mom to get home because she used to get home around, I think, like, 6 or 7 p.m. So she finally gets home. And I'm so excited. She she hands me the CD. And it's like I said in the first episode, it was the closed eye Mariah version. And I immediately took it out, put it into our little stereo system because we only had like this. Um, we had a really nice stereo system, but we also had these nice headphones that came with it. So right when I put it in our stereo system, I put the headphones on and um I did the same thing that you did. I started recording it with a cassette and I was expecting something like daydream because that's the only album I had really known from Mariah at that point. I had listened to some of her earlier albums, but I never really got into them. So I'm expecting something like, like daydream. And then I remember going through each track. I specifically remember hearing my all for the first time and The Roof and Baby Doll. I remember that part of the album the most. And I was just so shocked because it was such a different sound for Mariah. And I hate admitting this, but it took me a good two weeks to really get into the album because it wasn't what I was expecting. But yeah, that was my my first time hearing it. It also came in at a time where we were moving from Northern Indiana to South Carolina. So it was a big transition in my life as well. It came out when I was really, really realizing, accepting that I was gay. So it was almost like a gift from God to me, if that makes any sense. But I, yeah, that's how I remember the album for the first time. What about you, Gia? Okay, so my experience of my first time listening to Butterfly is a little bit different, but overall, it's kind of similar. So I remember being obsessed with the Greatest Hits album. And... I think the first song from Butterfly that I heard was Butterfly. Then also I was like a huge YouTube lamb. So I feel like I had heard bits and pieces of Butterfly and I heard several songs that were from it. But it wasn't until I went to, I think I had just recently bought Daydream, the CD from my local record store, like a used record store. And I really, really wanted to get Butterfly because I knew it came after Daydream. So I went to Barnes & Noble and they, they, I knew they sold Mariah CDs. Uh, they had Butterfly, the debut. The, at the time, this was the number one to infinity era. So they had that CD as well. And uh, I think they had a couple others. I think they had a couple others. But I bought Butterfly and I had this, you guys are gonna, this sounds like so old school, even though this was like 2015, but I had like a portable CD player because I don't know why, but I was just obsessed with like having Mariah physical copies. So I put on 
the album. And it was just this overwhelming feeling of, okay, I know all of these songs, but the way they fit together on this whole entire album just had me so shook and blew me away that it was almost instantly my favorite Mariah album. It wasn't like it it wasn't instantly, but it was almost like I knew that this one was special, uh, even just by looking at the cover. Like I, I there is something really weird about Butterfly. But um, yeah. It's really weird that you say that about you knew that it was something special, but you didn't realize it. Because I remember what I said before, listening to it for the first time, I was always that kind of lamb that stuck on to Daydream is my favorite album. It's going to be my favorite album of all time, just because of what it did to me and how it made me a lamb. So I thought nothing would ever beat Daydream. And for even for the first couple of years, I always, after Butterfly's release, I always said that Daydream was my favorite album. And then it, it's just like Butterfly took over it just very slowly. Yeah. Like I found Daydream first and I think it was really fantasy that I loved so much about Daydream and got me into it. Of course, Underneath the Stars and Melt Away looking in. The whole album is amazing. But as soon as the album starts and Honey starts playing and you start getting through these tracks, it just feels like more of an album. Like Daydream feels like more of an album compared to Music Box, which feels more like just a collection of songs. But compare Butterfly to Daydream, Daydream feels like more of a collection of songs, even though it is more of a cohesive album as well. She just got to this point where she was just so good and at the top of her game at what she was doing at this point. No, I just remember holding the two albums side by side next to each other and being like, yeah, something has changed here. And just being completely too young and overwhelmed and going through my own stuff to like fully know. And like, obviously, we didn't have the book and things of that nature. And we're still learning things all the time. I I definitely knew Butterfly was was that bitch. It's exactly what Gia said on the our first episode, the part one of the Butterfly review. Everything pre Butterfly was Mariah leading up to Butterfly. So mm. you can kind of hear, just like Gia said on the first episode, that it just was leading up to what Butterfly was and the album that Mariah wanted to release. Yes, when I was holding those two albums next to each other. It felt like one phase going into the other because I was so into Daydream at the time. And then when when I got that Butterfly album and when like my eyes were really open to it, I just knew like it, it was like stepping stones for her and for for me as the list, like the listener experience. It was like, OK, this is where we were meant to be going. There's so much, so much, you guys. To me, Butterfly is literally Mariah's first real album. I just want to add that in there. Are we ready to get into this album? But yeah, are you guys ready to finally get into this track listening? Okay, you guys. So let's get started. All right. So the album opens up with the iconic lead single, Honey. And it was released as the lead single from Butterfly on July 29th, 1997. The single cover of Honey is the one with Mariah's hair being blown all over. And it looks like Mariah has a broken neck. It was written, produced by Carrie, Puffy, Q, 
Q-Tip, Stevie J, and it samples Hey DJ by the world-famous Supreme Team and Body the Body Rock by the Treacherous Three. Honey was a redefining song in Mariah's career, pushing her further into the hip-hop scene. All right, you guys, so how do we feel about Honey? Let's get into it. When I first heard Honey, I thought it's very in keeping with the Bubblegum lead songs that we got. So it is in keeping with Dream Lover and Fantasy, but it is that next level. Like, I feel like with each lead up-tempo moment we've got, it's always been upgraded. And Honey really is... It's such a slick song. It's such a well put together. And obviously with this team that she had, as well as herself, like all working together on this song, of course. But like, it almost gives me like Prince vibes. Like it doesn't surprise me that he liked Honey. Um, Like I could hear him doing something like of a similar nature, like not obviously not this song, but like it just, it's so shiny. Not in the way that like, a, a cheesy typical pop song would be but it for um an r&b lead track this was the perfect shift in sound for her because it was completely different but it wasn't too far removed if that makes sense i know it's a bit of a contradiction but like it was just the perfect move to shoehorn us in to this album well, let's talk about Honey versus Mariah's other lead singles then, because you make a good point. Like in this one, Mariah's giving us a lot more rasp. She, it's a little bit more bluesy, way more hip hop, definitely more R&B. And it's just got a bit of a swing. And of course, that dun, 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 it's the perfect bop, perfect summer jam. I feel like Honey is probably... If, it might be my favorite lead single from the 90s. I feel like it's Honey and Heartbreaker. Uh, Honey, Heartbreaker, and then Fantasy. But it, it's got this thing that's very similar to Heartbreaker, that like there's so much layering. There's so much built up around the sample. I, I love the husky vocals and the the whispery tones and the background vocals and the layered moments. And then obviously it gets into a huge belted moment and then the ending. So yeah, Honey is amazing. She said it before in an interview in 1999. It's a really long interview that's um, available on YouTube where she's talking probably for over an hour with this guy. The Craig Seymour interview? I think, yeah, it's a really interesting interview to hear her talk so openly about how she makes music and how she approaches her singing and stuff like that. It's a really good interview. And she does say like certain songs like Dream Lover and heartbreaker for example she kind of compares the two so we've got dream lover come rescue me heartbreaker you got the best of me and it's a similar kind of like tune like she that's that's her formula and she sort of says she doesn't say i'm not quoting her here but she sort of does say those that those two songs that it's not a mistake she was they people were saying that heartbreaker sounded like fantasy and then she was like well if you guys really want to go there it sounds more like dream lover mm. and then she was like, but they're all in the same vein because I wrote it. Yeah, that's it's obvious like that that's her inspiration for those songs. So we do get that. And then there's like these little bits towards the ends of certain choruses as well, like honey, like crying for you, dying for you, I adore you, or whatever the I can't think of the they might be the wrong lyrics, but um and then you've got and then we've got Heartbreaker and it's God, they're all running through my head now as I'm saying it, but like I should have known right from 
the start and then um, dream lover it take me up take me down anywhere you want to. you know it's just this sort of like you get this nice little build up into into the chorus and then you've got this sort of like a little bit of a sort of like gradually coming back down towards the end of the chorus and it's just it's a perfect way that thing that she does with these hooks um they're so catchy and i don't think that they all sound exactly the same but they do have the foundations where you can hear ah okay okay you know when you hear these songs yeah it's definitely like a classic Mariah Carey lead single. It's like you said earlier, Gareth, about it sounded like a classic Mariah Carey single, but it was like the next level. I got a lot of like funk vibes from it. It was just, I can't think of a better lead single for Butterfly. I couldn't imagine her releasing The Roof or anything like that as a lead single. So it was fantastic. Yeah, it has it, it has everything that you would need from a Mariah lead. And I feel like on its own, and I know we get little bits of ad-libs here and there from um, people in the beginning, but like, and uh, later on in the song, but I feel like it is perfect as the main version released for the lead single as just Mariah mainly on the vocals. I know the remixes are there and they're great remixes, but this is perfect as it is with Mariah. I agree. Okay, you guys. So Honey was successful in the United States, becoming Carrie's third single to debut atop the Billboard Hot 100, setting the record for the most singles to debut at number one, a record she had held for 23 years until it was broken by another uh, singer. It stayed at number one for three consecutive weeks. Honey also topped the charts in Canada and reached the top 10 in Australia, New Zealand, Hungary, Poland, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. Honey was certified double platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, RAA, denoting shipments of over 2 million units. Okay, you guys, let's get into some of the remixes of Honey. Let's go first with the Bad Boy remix featuring Mace and Alox. Each version of this this song gives something like, but this one for me, I and I feel a little bit like I'm cheating on the other versions by saying this, but I I really love this remix. It probably is my favorite, and I think there's probably it probably is most Lamb's favorite of the Honey remixes. I'm assuming just from conversations I've had in the past it kind of does make you think a little bit when you first hear it like why was this not on the album I had that when I first heard it but you know what I just I think that as a remix even though she's not re-recording the vocals neither one sounds cut and paste because of the remix there's just something about it that makes each one sound perfect I love this remix and this is going to be theme in this episode for me and, and for any Mariah song, if there's an extended rap version of a Mariah song, I love it more than the original. I know, Gia, you're different with that, but don't you like the OG over the the Bad Boy remix? The OG, like the album version over the Bad Boy remix? Yeah, because I know that you prefer the OG fantasy over the... the um Oh, over the Bad the Boy? O- yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely... Okay, so I... Definitely with the fantasy version, I prefer the album version over it. But for the Honey version, I just think that I prefer to have the album version on the album. Like, I like the remix, but I wouldn't want it as the album. 
version. That's how I feel. But I like I definitely like the remix. It's cute. And I love the video of the remix of the bad boy version. I like the video better than the original video. Like if I were to go and want to listen to the album top to bottom, I wouldn't want it to be the remix of Honey. I just think that Honey is just perfect with Mariah by herself. See, I'm totally different with that because I know when I put on Butterfly and Honey comes on, I like when Mariah says in the remix, I thought I told you that we won't stop. With her blowing and us flowing. No, well, yeah, I like that part too. But like, um, okay, so I like it because she says, I thought I told you that we won't stop. And anytime I put on Butterfly, I want to hear that. I don't know why I love that so much, but I feel like it just elevates the song for me. There is something about, and I know I just said about it being perfect as as it is, like with the 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 so called main version on the album. But when I put it on, I do get that element of it where I'm missing the rappers on it a little bit. Then go watch the video. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I do. But and I do. I love when the rappers come in and he's like. There ain't nothing much to talk about, but a whole lot of dope. And she becoming a fairy there, keeping her hands in the air like you just don't care. You're the bomb like Hillshire with a honey like Mariah. I love that shit. Like, and I, I feel like it, it, to me, it's the superior version of the honey song. It doesn't really, it's not different no. in any way. It just adds that extra element of the rap to it. It does. Go it's watch become... the video. The album version is meant for the album. So because we've got the collaborations that we've got, do you not feel like it could have had another like collaboration with a rapper? Like a different one? No, like one of those songs, whether it be The Roof or Honey. But oh, I do... okay. So you're talking about with like on other songs? Yeah, just on oh, the like album. For the, for the album? Yeah. And I, that, I, I was meant... thinking maybe The Roof one or like, I know, isn't there an extended breakdown one? I yeah, there's an extended honey, breakdown. There's extended roof. Uh, yeah, I just think for Honey, it really doesn't need rappers like at all. Like, I don't I, like when you guys are like, oh, I'm missing the rappers. I'm like, I, I can't relate. Like, I just I don't ever miss the rappers. Like, if I want to go here. If that I want to go blows my version, mind when you say that. It always okay, blows my like mind when you say that. If I want to hear rappers, like I'll just go listen to the whole entire Honey single. And I the I like the other version where it's a whole different vocal anyway, the one with Jermaine and That's and so Debrat cuz they're I like that one better cuz the song's different. Like the you guys are like, okay, it's the whole exact same version of Honey except there's just a little bit of piece of something different. It doesn't give me like like I love it. I I love that. But it's not enough to be like, oh, my God, like, this is so much better. It's the exact same song, just with a little <laughs> bit more. Like, And that's what blows my mind about it, because this is the version of the song that Mariah appreciates the most is the one with Mace and the Locks. She said that before. And that makes sense to me. I just I, it just always blows my mind that you love the album versions more than the remix versions. That's all I'm saying. Why? that The Butterfly album is perfect top to bottom. I'm not ever one to be like, it needs to change. You're the one who's always blowing my mind talking about we need to mix around all of this and do that. Like like it's charm bracelet or something. Like I think the Butterfly album, it, it's perfect untouched. It doesn't need anything anywhere. Everything is where it is. It's not like these songs didn't get released and they're like hidden and it's not like a slipping away type moment where it's like a crime that it like didn't make the album or something like these remixes are on vinyl somewhere like we can they're easily accessible. 
I think you're missing the point with what I'm saying, though, is like, I don't, no, I'm not. but this is, there's nothing really different about the Honey song when you add the rappers. They're just, you're just adding rappers and you have Mariah saying the, in the beginning, I thought I told you that we won't stop. Yeah, the classic bad boy that, line. Yeah. I love that. that. Part doesn't really just, like, that's you. Just, that's your opinion. Okay, girl. Okay. I'm just saying it just elevates Honey much more for me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not saying change the whole butterfly album. For me, it doesn't elevate it in the way that I think it elevates it for you. I don't think it like, I think Honey is so beautiful, so ornate, such a classic, iconic pop song on its own. It literally, if she had never made a remix for it, it still would have been that bitch. It's still an amazing, iconic song. And it wasn't, it's not missing anything. Honey without rappers is not missing anything. You add the rappers, that's cute. It's a little extra moment that I love and I'm here for. But Honey Without Rappers, it's not missing absolutely anything. It's a perfect, iconic song by itself. For you. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, because the whole Butterfly album is perfect, bitch. I mean, I think it's, it is down to, I, and this is still quite early on, but I think it is down to the fact that we've got so used to Mariah collaborating with rappers. And I don't know about you guys, but I just love the contrast of the sound of people's voices. Like when she's doing her singing bit and she's going all over the place with notes and stuff, even harmonizing when there's that. But then when you get like the rap section, it's just something else. And it's just, it does, it just feels so natural now. For I a, think that's just the kind of am i am though like i prefer the original heartbreaker over the remix of heartbreaker with missy and De or is that debrat and missy yeah, Elliott? yeah and i prefer the original fantasy like nick said over this one like just because you you threw some rappers on it i know that's mariah's thing like that's she really came through and invented something really cool with that but like Mariah's songs are so good by themselves to me. Like, it literally doesn't even need it. And sometimes I like the original melody of Heartbreaker versus the remix, you know? It, they're mm -hmm. still cool, and I'll go listen to them when I'm in the mood for it. But I'm glad <laughs> that we have our original versions where they <laughs> need to be. Like, let's get that straight. I think it's a generational thing because when this song was released and the video, the main video that they played on MTV all the time was the bad boy remix version. So that was and the I one like that, that I like that video better. Don't get me wrong. I love that video more. I get that. But this is the one that was shoved down our throats the most. If you heard honey on the radio, you heard the album version, but if you were watching MTV, like I did all the time, I fucking lived on MTV. They would only play the bad boy remix version. And that, that video is better. I will give you that. The, the water tube, the tunnel with the water, her outfit, her little mini skirt and the tube top and the helicopter. I like that video better. And I think the wrapping suits the video better. But when I'm sitting down with the glory of the candles, lighting it up for this album, the remix does not need to be there. Are we ready to go on to the next remix? <laughs> <laughs> for you. For you. I'm just kidding, Gia. It's okay. Okay. I, well, I'm I, just I, trying to, like, make sure that we're all good. Because I love the... I do love the remix. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, got a farm like Hillshire with a honey like Mariah. Like, that's funny. I really like that. And then... um. Yeah, like I said, the video is better. But I, I like, let's, it, this can be a good segue into the next remix because I like this one more, the Honey So So Deaf remix. Uh, Nick doesn't like it as much as I do, but I 
So I, really I, I have a question for you then, Gia. Do you yeah. prefer do you prefer this uh so so deaf remix over the bad boy remix? Um yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Crazy. I don't know why that's crazy. It's a completely different version of the song. We get whole new vocals. We get Jermaine and Debrat. Like it's a it's like a family reunion. I think I'm on the same tone as you were with the last remix that we just talked about, where it's like, it's all right to me, it's whatever, but I prefer this one. That's how I am with this. I don't hate this one in any way. I actually do really like it. It's just mad to me. Because again, it's just, I've said this in previous episodes, when Jermaine Dupri is on a track, he hollers a lot. And he's saying a lot of like weird things and tags. So that's the yeah, only reason I don't really love it. More. On this one, he's like saying more stuff, and then and the, we get those background vocals talking about "We'll be dancing, dancing all night." I love that part. I do. I, I love, love that part too. And yeah, I I like the part great. when she's like, "Honey, you can have me when you yes. want me." <laughs> when she's going, yes. There's. I love that. I love the way she's going off at the end. Like there. That's why. I love Mariah, and I love when she collaborates with the rappers. Like I love when she does that. Like the the Make It Last remix with uh, Nas and Joe. Like, I love that way better than the original, you know? There's some remixes I love way more. Like, the I Still Believe, Pure Imagination. Um, way more than the ballad. But sometimes I just love a straight-up version more than than a remix. But, yeah, I still love the album version more than this remix. But this remix is good. And it has the cute resung vocals and the amazing, like, going off at the end uh, and we get if Jermaine likes it then I like it so I love that oh um, that's one of my favorite Mariah lines ever yeah and we get that in this ever song. and I say it today and people don't understand what I'm saying like if somebody's like do you like this I'll say I told you if Jermaine likes it then I like it I always say that and yeah, people never get, get it we don't get that I love when we get that moment in a song so I I like this remix better than the other one which is just the same honey song but with a little rap section with two rap sections um Gareth what are your feelings on the song yeah what are your feelings Gareth I love this I love this is the thing like I love everything when she started like collaborating with rappers and stuff and we do start getting like new moments and stuff with that same song that we love this opens up completely differently. Like, even with Jermaine Dupri, yes, sometimes he can be a bit annoying with the whole, like, y'all know the things, or whatever he has to say. But, like, he does. I don't think he says those words on this. I can't remember. If he does, it's not in my mind. But, like, when he comes in on this, it's perfect. When she comes in, she's sort of just... There's not a whole lot of the whole whispery stuff unless it's part of the harmonising. All the lead vocals are pretty much belted, almost um and if they're not we just get her sort of like regular singing voice and it's stronger but it is a different song and the instrumentation calls for that it just it's so refreshing to listen to this and all the the extra bits that you guys just explained like the ad-libbing and whatnot like it's so much better like the interpolation of the hey dj song that she sings in this song is so much better like it wouldn't have worked in the other one and that has the that has the sample but like yeah this remix she actually sings the line so it's it's so it it just opens up so many different things it's just like a gift we didn't know we needed but like when you listen to it, it it's just refreshing it's like having a big glass of water on a hot day i just 
it feeds me so much, but in terms of preferring it, I don't know. I just don't, I don't even know if I can pick it. Because they're completely different. Exactly. And it does have a new sample in this remix that's not on the main album version, and that's It's Great to Be Here by the Jackson 5. It's... But they're so... I like the original version better than this, but I yeah, love definitely. it. Yeah, definitely. But I love this version too. It's very good. Very good. And let's not forget to give Debrat her flowers. I, I I don't know if y'all are like this, but I love when Mariah does shit with Debrat. I love yeah. it so, so much. Yeah, me too. You guys, we should go into the next remix. <laughs> the Honey Classic Mix, bitch, which I think is my favorite remix. Bitch, this is so good. David Morales came through and slayed again. Yes, he absolutely did. And even the radio edit of this version, which is just like this entire version, but like with the transitions a little bit quicker. Yeah, I love this. I love going out and walking to this, running to this. Uh, This was a very, very played song for me in 2020. It's probably my favorite remix of Honey. So yeah, if we were to get a bonus track version, I would want this to be my track 13, 100%. So yeah, I like it better than any of the rap versions. Yeah, my favorite remix of Honey. I need it, need it, need it. That's one of the things I'm really grateful for, that we got that version of the album over here, where we got the So So Deaf remix as track 13 and the Deaf Club mix as track 14. And you can just let the album play and you still get to enjoy those remixes. Um, yeah. So I am very grateful for that. I like this Deaf Club mix. Um, sometimes I feel like it's a bit long, but... To be fair, no. We... This is the this is the classic mix. The Deaf Club mix is this version is the classic mix, but less time. Oh well, on on the album, it's the the Deaf Club mix, but like yeah. yes, yes, you're right. But that's just like the radio version of this. Yeah, the longer version I do I do like, but like it's because she takes it somewhere vocally. Like if if there was none of that and it was just on for a long time, I probably wouldn't like it that much. But the fact that it's got new vocals makes god i love when they're long like i love it so much because she's doing so much acrobatics with her her vocals that it's just like like at the end when she goes honey i love that fucking shit it just (laughs) it gives me so much life yeah when she does that like i can take it but like if it's if it's not that much or if it's almost exactly the same as the recording like i think touch my buddy had like a a dance mix and it just it didn't give you anything and then they extended the um the note where she says come up and then give me what i deserve and they just extended it like it was a we belong together note and i just thought this is terrible so stuff like when they try to do too much with something that's already existing and that it's like 10 minutes long then i'm like no sorry but like this is like the perfect like dance remix if she did dance remixes with other people like they should be this should be the template the example the blueprint of how a dance remix by mariah carey or anyone really people should take note from this because this is something only mariah carey can do of course but like if other people took a bit of inspiration and re-recorded their vocals for their dance remixes i think it might bode well for them and she she took it someplace else with this (coughs) beyonce does she do that no she needs to oh yeah with that that again for somebody like her like that's a lost opportunity i'm surprised that she doesn't even do like anything with remixes really but 
Well, these were the golden years of dance remixes and mm. completely different song remixes from Mariah. I wish that she would go back to doing this, and I'm sure a lot of lambs would agree with me that mm. we need more David Morales mixes. Definitely. Like, I think even for caution, a David, Mor- a David Morales remix would have been cute. Not quite sure. Like for GTFO and caution and giving me life. Not so much giving me life. I can't picture it, but I mean, that sample on GTFO, yes, I'm pretty sure he could have done something with that and made it like a whole moment. And like to have some kind of like extra part on GTFO where she's not just singing Whispery would have been amazing. Whether that's a hip hop remix of it with a rapper or a dance remix of it, like I would have taken that definitely. And caution. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to pray to the lamb gods that sometime in the future, that Mariah and David Morales get back together and slay another dance mix for her future albums. Oh, I feel a little bit robbed, though, now we're talking about this, that we didn't even get a David Morales remix of We Belong Together, did we? I think the last time that David Morales worked with Mariah was... Say Something? I think it was during... Yeah, it was Say Something. That was the last David Morales wow. mix we ever got. So after the Emancipation of Mimi, he just disappeared. And I always have hated that so so much because nobody can do a dance mix for mariah better than david right nobody and i'll stick with that until the day i die there's nothing better than a david morales mariah mix well unless anybody comes through with one that's better but they've got a lot of competition (laughs) but have they are there any can you think of a better dance remix by mariah Oh, no, I mean, like, they've got a lot of, like, competing to do with the David Morales remix because there's so many good ones. But no, only the David Morales remixes are the best dance remixes for Mariah, really. There isn't... I mean, I know we've mentioned Loverboy, but I feel that's just heavily relying on the intro. All right, you guys ready to get into the music video? Yes, let's get into the music video for honey. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking. Lo siento. What'd you say? Lo siento. I've got two choices for you. The easy way, the hard way. What'd you say? Alright. Your choice. No, me abandonas, Pavito. Sueltame. Stay in the old damn body. Fat boy. Go eat a buffet. They're having a chicken sale at Dirty Bird. What's up, Tooth? <laughs> Look here, girl. You gon' die. You got any last requests? Gum, please. Gum. People want ice water in hell. Baby, chew on up. I'm gonna kill you. Not for me. For you. The video premiered on MTV and BT in August of 1997 and was shot in Puerto Rico on July 26, 1997. With a budget of $2 million, making it one of the most expensive music videos of all time, the video begins with Mariah playing as Agent M being held hostage in a large mansion. The captors are played by Eddie Griffith Griffith and Frank Severo and Johnny Brennan of the Jerky Boys, who continue to taunt Carrie over her capture and eventual death. Agent M speaks in Spanish to the captors, 
saying she cannot understand them. After a series of dialogue, Carrie escapes. Her Carrie escapes. Her Griffin's character dives into Mariah escapes, and her character dives into a swimming pool from the mansion's roof. After an ensemble change, Carrie dons a swimsuit and escapes the island via a jet ski. The video's antagonists continue their pursuit of Mariah throughout a large body of water until she arrives aboard a large ship. It is unclear if both scenes are happening separately or side by side. Throughout most of the video, Mariah is seen posing on a large sailboat while wearing a white bikini. After boarding the ship, Carrie be begins dancing and soon joined by a group of male sailors, seamen, if you will. After a sequence of light dance routines, Carrie is seen on an island with her lover, male model David Fumero, and her real-life dog, Jack. They frolic together on the island while Carrie happily joins her romance. Okay, basically, that was a really long-winded way of saying, like, she was captured, then she jumps out um, of the mansion, she looks like a James Bond girl, she's Agent M, undercover, and then at the end, she gets her man. So, there it is. That's Honey the Video, bitch. To me, this is one of Mariah's top three best videos, period. Oh, it's her best video, I think. Like, Heartbreaker's up there, but I think, I think Honey's her best music video. This music video... It's almost like insane to me because it's just like we, we got nothing like that from Mariah until this point. And I know we know why now she's got a little bit more freedom here, but like it's definitely up there. When you think of songs like Scream by Michael Jackson and um, I think there's one by P. Diddy, I, don't, I can't remember it now, but there's a, there's a certain amount of music videos that were made around this time, give or take a, a year or so, and where they're really like strong videos, storytelling videos, even like Michael Jackson's Remember the Time, you know? And this is definitely up there with one of those iconic music videos from the 90s. I remember the first time I ever saw this video too, because like I said before, earlier in the episode, they would play the Bad Boy remix to it all the time on MTV. But they did a lot of promo for this video before it came out. And I remember this promo on MTV because it was this guy in this very deep voice and he was like, Honey, Mariah's new video will be premiering on blah, blah, blah. So they put a lot of money into pushing this video. And it was just so, so iconic to me. I swear one of my first childhood memories, you guys, is seeing either promo for Honey or the actual music video for Honey. In my, in my family room, I was on the floor. I swear to God, I remember seeing those fucking Gucci stiletto high heels and this bitch jumping into the pool. One of my first memories, you guys, swear to God. What are your favorite parts of the video? Definitely the dance sequence moment. Like, that's cute. Are you talking about the one where she's dancing with the sperm? Yes. Did you say sperm? Uh, <laughs> yeah, the white semen. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Let's talk about how you didn't know what this whole song was about. Like, can we talk about that? Me neither, though, until well, you I Come on, like, this is how am when I'm a little kid, how am I going to think about Mariah is come hungry? Like, no, no, for no, real. you didn't know about this song until like a year ago, till I told you about this song. No, like, it's been about two years now. Yeah. I don't look, I don't look at Mariah's songs and think, oh, Mariah's dancing with come, or Mariah's alluding 
to being a cum dumpster. Like, I don't <laughs> think those kind of things. Like, I, it never dawned on me that she was dancing around with a bunch of men dressed all in white on a ship. I just, I never got it. Like, I guess I'm just stupid. You know, I didn't get it either until... Um, and I don't think I'd even seen it anywhere either, like written anywhere and until two years ago when we were doing the lives on Sundays and, and Gia, you brought it up and I was just like, oh, and now I've seen it in more places, like written down, like in um, like articles about it from the time or around the time and obviously things that have popped up in a you know, journalistic way since, like, and I never know, I never saw any of this stuff before, probably because of my age, but I was what, like, 11, so I knew about this stuff, but I just didn't, my mind didn't go there with this. Yeah, okay, so basically, Nick and Gareth had no idea the song was about that, nor the video was about that, but wait, did you guys know the song was about that, or just not the video? Neither, for me. What about you, Nick? Yeah, I didn't know either. Okay, that's crazy. And I've been a lamb like significantly less time than you guys, but I knew I knew what that was about. So basically what we're saying is in the music video of Honey, Mariah is covered in white and dancing with a bunch of semen in a song about how it's like honey when it washes over her, sugar never ever was so sweet, you know? And so also in the interview with Tabitha, Soren, I think that's her name, she asked if honey was a euphemism for something. And then there's someone she's sitting next to and gives like this dirty look, like not a dirty look, but like a girl, are you kidding? Like, of course it's about what we think it's about. Yeah. So basically, honey is a sweet little, little love song about how Mariah is thirsty for DJ Derek Jeter. It's also in the lyrics too, like when she sings, when your love comes. Like it's, I can't believe I missed that all these years. Oh yeah, yeah. She says, and it's just like honey when your love comes over me. Yes, there's so yeah, many Yeah, it's little... like comes. And then, she, and then when she <laughs> says, baby, I can't hardly wait. Gotta yeah, have baby, another taste. Gotta have another taste. <laughs> I didn't really pick up on the visual clues from the video, but oh, I always yeah. thought like uh, Mariah loves dick. Like that's what I like. Sh I in my mind, I always thought like she just liked his sex. But then when you watch the video and you see all the men dressed in white as seamen, it's just like oh, it's just like a how did I miss this kind of moment? I think as well, like up to this point, everything had been quite innocent as well. And in a way, this is done quite innocently, not completely, but obviously. But um, when we, when you look back with knowing what we now know about her life at this point, it's a bit risky for her to just go like full throttle and start singing about come. I'm actually here for it. I live for it. Now that I know what it really means. <laughs> Well, it's, I love that Mariah's a cum pig. That's it, everything to me. It's still kind of speculated. It's not really like she's not confirmed it. But yeah, it's, I'm still speaking from a naive point of view. I don't know why. Yeah, honey, I feel like it's right there. It's it's right there. I just can't imagine like her putting it out there like that. I, 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 I'm still one of those people that can't really imagine her, her having sex. 
And Honey's pretty tame, though. Like, it's not like, it's not giving full on Janet, like, all for you. What's that song, Would You Mind? It's not giving, like, all of that, you know? But Would You Mind from Janet? Girl, that is like that is written all over the pages. You know exactly what she's talking about. Yeah, Yeah, because she says it. She says it. (laughs) But like, honey is still like, like it's not surprising you two didn't know, right? Like, my I'm younger and my mind's in the gutter, and like, um, (laughs) but you were older, I think, when you first heard it. We were, yeah, you were in your twenties. I was like, no, I wasn't. I was like ten. I was like eighteen. But still of an age. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe I just got, still got the same attachment that I got when I'd heard it when I was younger. And then I just couldn't see past that nostalgic thing. It was an aha moment, definitely. But still, she put it in a bop and it was a lead single for an album and it was a number one. So good for her. (laughs) Yeah, it was tasteful. It was really, really tasteful. Like even compared to... Even Loverboy is is more is more direct and forward than Honey, but I still feel like that is still pretty t- tame and tasteful as well. Yeah, like, I bet it was really, tasty. Like, goes, like, okay, Honey, yes. Like, does she ever really like fully ever give that to like us a full Janet moment? I don't think so. Not really. Yeah, the closest is probably like bliss or like the impossible and like even with that like it's she's not directly saying anything no no bliss is probably more so than the impossible the impossible is just sort of like a comparative thing whereas bliss is a bit more descriptive in a way but like metaphorically yeah but the mood of the impossible is giving like this is a bedroom song with the door at the beginning. <laughs> Let's talk about that extra that's jumping off the deck with that bad wig on. <laughs> oh my God. When she jumps in the pool. It looks so fake, but I love it still. Do do we know? Like, because when I first watched the Wait, she video, doesn't jump into the pool? No, that's not that's definitely not Mariah jumping off of the deck. That you the can balcony. tell by the wig. From the roof? She doesn't jump off the roof? No, she jumped off like a, a apple crate or something. Like a balcony into the, yeah. into into the, pool. the pool. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, definitely not Mariah. So Mariah you're saying would not the have person, that form. You're saying the the long jump. The long yes. shot is not it's not her. It's someone no. else. Unless Yeah, that's definitely not her. Oh, okay. But Mariah also I was like, said wait, Mariah an... jump I know Mariah did a jump, honey. But Mariah also said in an interview that there wasn't really a pool that that person was jumping into, that it was just digitally put in. It does look very fake, like all of it is so fake. I can imagine. I was just about to say, because of how far away it looks, it could have been somebody jumping into a pool or whatever. But, like, it's definitely not there doing it live, like, in front of the camera. You know, it's it's sort of, like, superimposed in. And it's definitely not Mariah because of, like, how... Yeah, you can see fall. the wig. <laughs> the, and just the body. Like, they look really kind of butch, the way that they jump and the, how their body goes. It almost looks like a man in a wig, almost. <laughs> and, and the way that they jump and the way that she lands into the water are completely different, like, in terms of, like, structure of someone's body. Do you, do you know what I, I mean? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I also love the fact that when she jumps in the pool, she does an ensemble change while she's trying to get away from the bad guys. She just she's like, you know what? I'm gonna just change here and just sa- saunder out of the pool. Like, so good, so good. 
All right, are you guys ready to move on to Butterfly, track two? Okay, so track two on the Butterfly album is the title track, Butterfly. It was written by Mariah Carey and Walter Afanasieff and produced by Walter Afanasieff. It was released on September the 29th, 1997 by Columbia Records as the second single from the album. Butterfly is a pop and R&B ballad combining elements of gospel. Carey had originally conceived it as a house record with David Morales titled Fly Away, Butterfly Reprise. After realising how personal the lyrics were and how they could be applied to Butterfly, she wrote the album's title track with Afanasieff. On the song's lyrics, Carey sings to someone telling them to spread their wings and release into the world on their own like a butterfly. How do you guys feel about this song? It took me a very long time to really love this song. To me, it was just like, you can definitely tell right off jump that it is a Mariah and Walter A song. Because again, receiving this album at such a young age, I feel like a lot of qualities in this album, you really have to have real genuine grown-up experiences to really understand these lyrics. So I never really connected to the song until maybe a decade after it was released. That first line really opened the song up for me. When you love someone so deep that they become your life. It's just, I was just like, wow. And I was just listening. I mean, obviously, like I said, like when you're doing teenage things that you're not really fully listening, but I knew I had to listen to it. So as soon as I'm like really like giving it my full attention, as soon as she said that line, I was just like, oh my God, like it might not even sound like it's that deep, especially how old was I when I actually heard it? Like 17? Because I hadn't heard Butterfly around the time of Honey. And then in my consciousness, the next song was my all. But like, uh, so I really did discover Butterfly five years after the album but um my ears pricked up to that line and then listened to the whole song and obviously it just soars after that point it just grows and grows and grows as a song this might be one of my favorite ballads from mariah for me the song butterfly has got very very deep significance in my life this song has helped me through a lot of breakups and ups and downs and just like emotional like turmoil and stuff going on in my life but yeah lyrically this song is genius it's so hauntingly beautiful the gospel choir in the background is just so overwhelming it's very deep like I it's very beautiful being able to be like you know, I love you, but I can't be with you anymore. There is like, no matter what we had, like, that's still beautiful, but I still need to move on for me. But like, just like being able to be strong enough to, to like, know you need to walk away from something and know that it's gonna hurt and be a very challenging thing, but still have the strength to to do it and know that it's the best thing for you is just so beautiful. And um, yeah, I I love this song. It's probably one of my favorite Mariah ballads ever. It's it's not as cheesy as the other ones, even though it's still a little schmaltzy. Um, But yeah, the vocals on this are insane. And I wish we got it live more often. It doesn't have a choir though. There's no. Choir. It definitely. I think what Gia, like it, it has the it has that um that classic uh strong Mailing. black female. It's got uh, Melanie Daniels on the vocals back. Vocals in the back, like I love yeah. that from Mariah. 
It but sounds I, very much like a choir. It does. And I think that's the thing. I don't know who's layered there a lot. I know there's me- Melanie. Me- there's me- there's Melanie Daniels, Marianne Tatum and Mariah Carey on background vocals. So I'm just wondering, because of Mariah's range, has she done extra or do we have like a background vocal moment and then it's layered again? Like, cause there's a lot more going on than those three just doing background vocals. And I know that they, they all have strong vocals, but there's so much going on that it does sound like there is not a huge choir, like with like we get with um, other songs, but like there could be a small choir here. And yeah, it's, like- it's definitely not like in any time you need a friend choir yeah. or like a make it happen choir, but it's, absolutely like it's a more intimate choir-esque moment like it's giving me like a Clark sister harmonization Mm. like type moment and it's given me like an anytime you need a friend choir almost yeah or maybe like those like uh Merry Christmas background choir sounds it's very Merry Christmas yeah there's a quote that I want to read that Mariah said about Butterfly that I I find really interesting she said it was 1997, and I was leaving my marriage to Tommy Matola, which encompassed my life. I was writing the song Butterfly, wishing that that's what he would say to me. There's a part that goes, I have learned that beauty has to flourish in the light. Wild horses run unbridled, or their spirit dies. You have given me the courage to be all that I can, and I truly feel your heart will lead you back to me when you're ready to land. At that point, I really believed that I was going to go back to the marriage. I didn't think I was going to leave forever. But then the things that happened to me during that time caused me not to go back. Had it been, go be yourself. You've been with me since you were a kid. Let's separate for a while. I probably would have. I found that really interesting that Mariah had in her mind that she was planning to return back to Tommy. What do you guys think about that? And I don't really like the you've been with me since you were a kid part because it sounds a little creepy and grooming-esque. Yeah, yeah, I always found this a little bit strange because she's 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 got her bitterness moment to it, but I feel like it's deserved because it feels like whatever that she's carried from it, from the marriage, from her time with Tommy, resentment or the bitterness is deserved because it's always been directed at the fact that he tried to own her. And I don't feel like there's anything attached to the fact that she thought they were going to come back together and they didn't. So she's bitterness because of that, because that she had her own thing going on, you know, around writing this album as well. So there was still some kind of glimmer of hope elsewhere and she was still young enough. So she should have ran with that a little bit. Maybe she did fall in love with the idea of falling in love with him and everything that she had originally envisioned in him And so when it got to a point where she probably started to feel resentment or whatever it was that she was feeling, where she said, I just need to get out, I just need to break free, then maybe she thought it was a choice. It can either go this way or the other. So maybe if we take some time away, he can see what he's missing and really appreciate me. Maybe I can fall in love with the idea of falling in love again. No, I think Tommy's crazy. And obviously what happened, happened. I think it's good they're not together. Um, it, it takes several times to leave an abusive relationship. So that's all I think that that quote is, is her being like, it's hard to get out of that. So, but obviously it didn't go that way. Tommy like really tried hard to like screw Mariah's career up. Thank God that Mariah stayed on the right path and 
did what she had to do and, you know, didn't let it get to her like as much as it could have. So yeah, I, I, I think it's amazing that she found the strength that she needed to leave the situation. And I think that's beautiful. Maybe that was her her bargaining to get out as well. Maybe she was just like, well, you know, maybe if we take some time away and we can come back and hopefully we'll be stronger. And that was her way of manipulating the situation to get him to agree. And maybe that's why she just shoved that in the song and thought, well, it's it's an important part of the song. But um, maybe she put it in there. But maybe, I don't know. I just don't see how she would have any intention of returning to this guy. I think she did love him. I I think think he gave her... I do think that she did love him. I don't think that she was like in love, like sexually attracted to him, but I feel like he gave her like a fatherly figure type moment. And he gave her like the huge deal of her life and set her on this path to be Mariah Carey. Like, even if I wasn't like in love with somebody, like if somebody gave to me what he gave to her, like I would, absolutely be grateful and love them till the day I died like I'm not trying to say he created her or like he is the reason why she's so big or anything like that but he was attachment yeah he there was yeah there was a huge stepping stone that, that he is a part of like most of the book is about the time with him you know yeah. the biggest chunks of the book are like sing sing moments so it, it was obviously very impactful upon her life you know but didn't they resonate as well with their over their love for music as well like did they they really came together because of that i don't know she didn't really go into too much um detail really with that and i do feel like she that's... says that but then it, then then it's really confusing why uh when she's trying to take a musical direction in a different way like why he's so like not about it if they were like really connecting musically that doesn't make as much sense to me but you know he is older he probably didn't really like he probably couldn't see where things were moving towards like a younger person you know because you can see the trends and the way things are going when you're younger and i'm an old ass bitch now and i feel out of place and uncool so yeah um, i mean he's made some he's made some really horrible uh, comments about um rappers and stuff i don't know who they were directed at compl- like fully but like he's made some comments like what did he say is that why do you want to do this i'm not quoting him but he said things along the lines of like these guys will be shining my shoes or these guys will be working in mcdonald's next year and it's just like well they had the last laugh because they probably richer than him now some of them so i completely understand that that he didn't understand where she was going and where she was taking her music and where she wanted to but he should have seen it coming a little bit like if you go back to not completely on the first album but there's elements there like where you can get like the sound you you go back to those those um early albums and you, you can listen to them and you're like of course she's gonna go in the direction that she's gonna in hindsight of course like back then listening to those albums in real time like at the time when that's the the height of pop music you, you're not gonna be like oh that's gonna happen but you can still hear little like elements in there that of r&b she was winning awards for r&b and stuff for her first album like i don't know how he could be so completely blind to it yes ask questions yes just see where she's going like whatever questions he needed to ask ask them don't just be like no no this is ridiculous because 
R and B hip hop. Well, we know he was really controlling. So yeah, yeah. I don't but, think he was asking her anything. No, exactly. But that's kind of, if they're if they're married, then there should have been that communication as well, like uh, as, on an emotional level as well as a professional. But R and B hip hop and New Jack Swing at the time was doing quite well. I love the turn that she made too. So I can't imagine like how he felt about it. Like, what does he think about the song Butterfly and the album Butterfly? You know, like, I wonder like what his opinion was, like why it was so difficult for her just to make what she wanted. When Mariah makes what she wants and it turns out to be Butterfly, like that's my favorite album. So for him to like try and come for that, have that not happen it's just like well what do you want to be made like what what is is it music box over and over again like we already did music box so i can tell you what his feelings were on it because let's talk about that mariah said that this is the best ballad she's quoted as saying that this is the best ballad she has ever written so let's talk about how this single was never commercially released and i think that it has a lot to do with tommy matola because this is blatantly about tommy matola so i feel like he had a hand in there to make the single not be commercially released yeah i think maybe he felt quite small afterwards it's very grown up this song and i know we've said it that it's got its like little cheese elements or whatever but like lyrically this song is so grown up and even at this stage she looks like she's moved on she can see something from a more adult perspective obviously we don't know what his perspective was but like and again this is hindsight and speculation but like with going off this album and this song as we're talking about it at the moment like she has such a grown-up perception of why she's breaking away from this and what she wants to be as a person and it just it just it throws my mind a little bit that she can deliver this yet he then goes on to start being like a spiteful little see you next tuesday for uh the remaining part of her contract and after to be fair like it's yeah, because she was very respectful, especially in... Even to this like, day, sometimes. Yeah, even to this day, she's still very respectful. She definitely said what she had to say in the book. But, um, no, nah, the song did not go, like, hard. It wasn't, like... It was very, very adult. It was not nothing near, like, why are you so obsessed with me type clown type shading type moments it was very much like you know this is what i gotta do for me and like you can do you over there but like this you know it's time to spread my wings i know it's her singing what she wished he said to her but she's the one who had to say it you know she set him free by getting away and setting herself free well it was probably better for him to not be so insecure anyway i think you know i think that's what it it's implying a bit but all right the chart chart history with the single butterfly like we said before it was never issued commercially um therefore hindering its charting ability the single performed weekly on the charts peaking outside the top 20 in most countries except for new zealand where it peaked at number 15 um the song also reached the top 10 in croatia and taiwan so the song literally did nothing. They put a lot of money into a video, which didn't really make sense to me. It's You'll see a pattern throughout this whole entire Butterfly review that most of these singles were just like European releases. They weren't American releases. 
It's like they were trying to stifling and hold Mariah down. And you can definitely see why in the future she had so much pushback against Sony leading up to her going to Virgin Records with Glitter. Like, Mariah was just over it. it it's crazy to think that they just took everything away from her or Tommy took everything away from her because he was petty and he was salty about her leaving. So, yeah, it charted at number 22 in the UK, which for a song that wasn't commercially released and a Mariah Carey song in the UK, let's put those things together and, you know, do the maths. But like, it still did quite well, considering that she's got 19 US number one. She's got three here now. And yet this song still reached just outside the top 20. Who was buying this? How did they get their hands on it? And yet they're not buying the other stuff. Like, really throws my mind. But, but you know the UK loves a Mariah Carey ballad. Yeah, but they like the covers more. Which is, you know, like, Without You went to number one here. Against All Odds with Thingy, Westlife went to number one here. And both of those, I'm like, why? Like, exactly. what? exactly and people know mariah carey songs they do and they like them but that's the thing i've said it before so many times in this podcast i feel that the people buying mariah carey music are the album buyers not the single buyers i just can't fathom who's buying butterfly and what and if that's the case then why was it not released commercially like as a proper single because they had everything ready for it to just be like this is the next song here you go even if it was just over here you know, we didn't get I Don't Want to Cry over here. We got There's Got to Be a Way as a single. So we could have had this. If it was done commercially, maybe it, w- it would have been bigger. I mean, she is usually a top 10 artist with her singles. So, you know, there are people buying the singles, but I feel like she does better with her albums. But they did release it over there. Like it, like here in America, me being a collector, the only American thing I have from Butterfly is the Butterfly radio promo. And again, it wasn't released commercially. I cannot say that word. It wasn't released commercially. I, I don't know why I can't say it, but girl, wh- um, why are you saying commercially? Commercially, <laughs> there you go. Commercially, it, it wasn't it- released commercially, but it has a radio promo. It's the same. Like, there's a lot of that with this, but yeah. for me to find anything butterfly single related, it's all European. But I don't feel like we really got it though like again like because if i go back to my memory of the butterfly album i'd yeah i'd heard bits of honey but like because i wasn't completely switched on to mariah i wasn't a hundred percent completely aware of who it was and i think that's because it just didn't get played as much i had heard it but then the next like big song really that was played everywhere was my all like i do not remember seeing the butterfly music video on mtv it wasn't played on the radio i i did not know this song until i heard the album i didn't know there was a music video until i bought the around the world dvd and yet it went to number 22 here apparently so it it's so strange to me okay so the music video for butterfly is based on the movie baby doll where Mariah is in this trashed looking abandoned type big house and this guy is spying on her through a hole in the wall and then once the man oh Mariah also has a baby it looks like a baby cow but it's a baby horse and um uh once the man leaves Mariah runs away and sets the, the I keep wanting to say fucking cow she sets the horse free 
She also runs in a field, rides another giant horse, hangs out on a tree, has a terrible wig on that blows in the wind. And eventually, Wait, let's whole- talk about that wig because I know you hate that wig, but I yeah, love it. It's a bad wig. She's wearing like lingerie, <laughs> like a neg, like a negligee throughout the whole video. I um, love that, and I I see cute. so many people give her hate for that, but I no, know you I, hate I think that it's wig. Cute. It's the wig for me. It's the wig. That wig looks dry as fuck. It looks, <laughs> and the bang is so thick. Like they need to thin out that bang. Like. <laughs> Oh my god, that wig is so extra. Oh my god. But anyways, the horse comes back. The baby cow comes back because she set it free, and that's basically what the song is about. And the music video, she said the wild horse ran unbridled, and it came back. Right? Does doesn't the horse come back? I I mean I guess I I think I think she sets the horse free. It's like in this tiny little like pen and then she like sets it free she like pushes the the fence apart and cuts her hand on the barbed wire then the horse comes back the end what i love about this video is that it was i live in south carolina so it was it was shot here in south carolina on a coastal town called beaufort south carolina i love that i think that's like the closest like thing i have to mariah south carolina wise so it's really pretty in the video that's what a lot of coastal towns look like. I love when she's in that tree. I think she looks Me iconic. Too. I don't know how, God, that wig just destroys it for you. And I don't get it. Because it's guess- a really bad wig. Like, I love it for the video, but like, it's not good. I think for the, is it the flyer of Baby Doll or something? And the the female silhouette that we got on that. Because she kind of does have like big flowing hair, but I feel like that wig is that what they're trying to do with that wig to make it look like it's just a cross between out of control like bed hair but also demure enough that it looks like it's just falling from her head like i think it's like they're trying to make her look like free or something in like a i don't really give a fuck about my hair kind of way an unkept way (laughs) yeah like an unkept i'm free kind of way and i get it it's cute but it didn't work with the wig they couldn't i also want to add that um guy that you said that was spying on her was supposed to represent Tommy locking her away and keeping an eye on her. Yeah. A lot of the videos are very representative of the moment that was happening. Like honey, she's locked in the mansion. And then there's the guy in the video who looks just like Tommy being like, yeah, we're going to kill you. And then uh, she runs away from him. And this one, Tommy is spying on her through a peephole. We know that he had cameras all over the mansion and was had the little beep beep. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm just getting a snack, Tommy. Go go lie down, darling. Like, I'm just getting a snack. Um, so this is very much that moment. So we got Tommy spying on her, her in the lingerie with the crazy wig, the horses that look like cows, and then the giant tree and like her little bracelet and the fountain there's like a fountain and it rains it's cute i actually love this music video it's very very cute it's very brown it's very earthy (laughs) um i think that it is a good video it's a good quality video obviously there's certain things that are a little bit hit or miss but like i think 
it just, it, if they had have pushed this song a little bit more with everything that they had, it could have been a bigger song. And I feel like, because it's got a music video and a really, like, strong music video that's suggestive of the lyrics, you know, it's not like one of those videos that you watch and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? It's got nothing yeah, it's to do with Yeah, it's a very 90s video with a storyline. Yeah, it's a, and it's a good storyline. And it probably, I mean, in a way, when you look back now, for me, I don't know about anybody else, but, like, it's more of a embellished version of the can't take that away for music video for what that was and i think in a way because there there is something and i don't know what that is missing from the video a little bit that doesn't quite hit so maybe that's why it didn't really catch on i don't know yeah i think it's her sitting up in the tree for me crying like i love the i love that she's like kind of like a fairy almost like she's like part of the story but then she's like also like narrating the story like i think so she's like crying on the tree because she set her horse free or something and then it comes back like i think it's so cute but also it's weird because like she's like the horse too because like the guy there's a guy spying on her in this room she's like on a bed her house is trashed you guys like it's not a very cute situation it looks like a trap house it looks like a fucking trap house for sure 100 percent a trap house and she's like wearing lingerie like they could be like pimping her out or something it's a very sketchy looking situation and then with the guy like peeping in on her it's really really kind of scary almost and she did say that this um music video was based on a nightmare as well where like everything was on fire and then she like cut herself on some barbed wire i do get like a really weird vibe from it sometimes like in the beginning and then when she's like cutting the barbed wire because you guys you guys know what i'm talking about right when she like cuts her hand yeah, on the barbed when wire. she like just randomly grabs a barbed wire fence yeah she just randomly grabs some barbed wire and then like is like ow and i'm she's like, like okay, ouch, like you grab the barbed wire though <laughs> it's like, like a kid touching that? a stove like why would you touch that <laughs> why would you grab the barbed wire fence honey like why would you do that but um yeah it's a cute video. It, it's definitely, you can definitely get the vibe that like it was a nightmare and it was a dream. All right, moving on to track three, a lamb favorite, which is, of course, My All. It was the last single that Mariah worked with Walter A on. It was released as the album's fifth single overall and second commercial single on April 21st, 1998. The song was written and produced by Carrie and Walter A. Mayol is built around a Latin guitar chord melody and makes subtle use of the Latin percussion throughout the first chorus before taking on a more conventional R&B style beat. Carrie was inspired to write the song and use Latin-inspired melodies after a trip to Puerto Rico, where she was influenced by the culture. The song's lyrics tell of a lonely woman declaring she, she was influenced by that dick, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That DJ Dick. <laughs> the Here song lyrics tell of a lonely woman declaring she would give her all to have just one more night with her estranged lover. It is the first song Carrie wrote for the Butterfly album. Yeah, she's going to give that, honey. She's going to give her all, baby. Can we get into this song? This song is so fucking good. So fucking good. This is a it classic is, Mariah song, dude. This is this is one of those Mariah songs that are just it almost can't get better than this. Like it is so Period. iconic. 
And like I mentioned earlier, it was literally the second single release. And I think it was the last commercial single released for Butterfly, which is a shame. Yeah, in the U.S. Yeah. Here's a Mariah quote on this song. She said, I had gone to Puerto Rico and was influenced by Latin music at the moment. When I came back, the melody was stuck in my head. It was at a melancholy point in my life, and the song reflects the yearning that I was going on that was going on inside of me. It was like being in a situation, but you want to break free and you can't. So you're confined yet you're releasing those emotions through the lyrics and the actual act of singing. That's why I think a lot of people felt very strongly about that song, because the emotion is clear when you listen to it. Okay, but so this song is basically her being like, I'm obsessed and digmatized by Derek Jeter, but I got to go home to Tommy Matola after this vacation. So what do we do here? And in a more poetic way. (laughs) I mean, but let's be 100, though. She said she did not fuck Derek Jeter until after this song was made. Do you guys believe that that's true? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's like you said before, this is a digmatized song. Like you can only write lyrics like these after you've been dicked down real, real good. (laughs) Real good, bitch. Real good. And I think the same for Honey too. 100%. Because there are times when I would, because she says like, she says things and I want to believe her because that's my girl. But also I know she says things to you know make herself look good or better than you know you know just because people have opinions and stuff like that but i don't think there is any fucking way she made this song without getting some of that Derek jeter skeeter up inside of her bitch i just don't believe it because there is so much passion and that raw emotion left over in this song that you know this was some real shit you like before i knew what this song was what like when it was made like how the whole situation the real life moment i knew this bitch was singing about somebody she was like ready to go back there there's no way it wasn't so i don't i just don't believe it yes but i feel that like have you never like met somebody and had a conversation with them and you spent time with them and you know you this could be like a first or second time that you've met them and you you make it very clear that you're into them and you're having a conversation and obviously you've got the urge like oh my god i could absolutely just rip your clothes off right now but like you you're in a public place or whatever the situation might be you're not sure yet but you know or you haven't had that moment or that conversation like shall we go back to your place or mine you know it's just it's still quite early but you have such great conversations and great experiences of them and it but i thought that the conversation was painfully weak we were much better off when you didn't speak so i don't think it's about conversation honey but there was something going on for her to feel this way, whether it's this or not, like for her to be able to write this song, like she's definite, there's definitely um, an attraction to him, whether it, I don't believe it's just completely down to his anatomy. And eh, I disagree. I disagree. Yeah. I, I can, I can t- like this album got me through my first like gay situation in my life where I was hooking up with the straight boy who wouldn't say he was gay. And we hooked up for like five years. And I used to come back to this album when he was like, Oh, I'm not gay. And I'd be like, what the fuck happened? But I never felt the way that Mariah expressed herself in this song 
until this boy had dicked me down. So I like this is when like the butterfly album would make so much more sense to me when, like I said before, go through those grown ass situations. And I was like, oh, that's what Mariah was talking about. So to me, Mariah. Also, she says she'd give her whole entire all. Her whole entire, I'm not giving you my whole entire all, bitch, until like there's something to give it for, you know? And she says, just one more night with you, implying she already had one. And she literally said she would risk her life. Who is going to risk risk their life life. if they have not gotten dicked down? She said, I would give my all to have just one more night with you. I would risk my life to feel your body next to mine and she can't go on that's crazy i like literally and the emotion when she says just that last just one more night with you that there if there is something in that just like there is something there that you just can't that doesn't just come from that doesn't just come out like that doesn't just happen i don't i don't think that that do that feeling like there's a lot of Mariah songs where she's singing the song like like Dream Lover and and you're like okay she's singing the song but like it's not coming from somewhere I don't think you know like it's a very much like okay she may have wrote this song and it's happening but like no when she says I'd give my all and I'd risk my life for just one more night with you I'm taken back to that one night where she was in that recording studio feeling that type of way and you are right there with that bitch and you can feel it. And and that doesn't happen unless she got some dick, bitch. I don't think, I don't think it happened. She would risk her life for another honey facial. <laughs> she would risk her life for one more night on the roof, bitch. <laughs> All right. So my all received acclaim from music critics and charted strongly throughout various music markets. In the United States, the song became Carrie's third. Number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and was certified platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, the RIAA. Throughout Europe, the song performed moderately, peaking at number four in the UK and in the top 10 in Belgium, France, Spain, and Switzerland. In France, due to strong sales, the song was certified gold. To me, it was a really big shock that my all went number one because I never have heard my all on the radio ever. So I was extremely surprised that it went number one. It it was almost the same feeling I had when I saw Thank God I Found You go number one. But in a different way, because my all is such a better song than Thank God I Found You. But to me, it was so, so shocking. Yeah, didn't it only go to number one for like a week or two? I can't remember to tell you the truth. Yeah, it it was a quick one. It was quick. But I'm, this is one of the number ones. Like, this is one of those songs that you hear it and you're like, okay, no, this is like, this one is special. This one has that something. Like, the lyrically, it's so basic. Like, how does it start? Because I'm thinking lyrically it is so basic. Yeah. No, I, I, I heard what you said. It's definitely not basic. It's so descriptive in how she's feeling. No, I mean, like, lyrically, like, the chorus is the same each time. That's what I meant. Like, it's very. I give my all to have just one more night with you. I'd risk my life to feel your body next to mine because I can't go on living in the memory of our song. Lyrically, it is basic, but vocally, it is very, very challenging and unique. Like it's it's very simple yet masterful in the same breath because lyrically, yeah, I, I, yeah we get those like 
special words that she uses like vividly emblazoned in my mind. Like, yeah, that's not basic. But I mean, overall, lyrically, it is very chill compared to the vocal delivery of it, which takes you from this whispery moment to this super belted moment to this super belted moment, which is just like in contrast with each other, it's perfect and effortless because it's not too many things that are over the top. Yeah, I think, what what I, you're mean? Try- I think what you're trying to say is that it's a very stripped down, simple song, but with the Mariah Carey vocals. It's not like overproduced or anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. it's Yeah. Yeah, I completely get that. And it worked. it's got very strong and slick production on it. It's just, it's made in a way that makes it, dare I use the word versatile, in a way that it can sound like this on the recording and then completely stripped down when it's live it can literally just be her and a guitar yeah but i don't mean like it's it doesn't have impressive lyrics because like the whole i can see you clearly vividly emblazoned in my mind what's the other one i'm thinking of you of my sleepless solitude tonight if it's wrong to love you then my heart just won't let me be right because I've drowned in you and I won't pull through without you by my side. And I think yes. I, I think the lyrics, with the way that the lyrics are, and they do build up that same relative moment. We've all had moments like this where we've thought about somebody in that way. And it's I feel like she has written it perfectly lyrically. Yes, the chorus is that what you explained earlier but it needs to be that's the chorus that's the thing we're going to hear the most that's going to get us hooked into the song but no i think like lyrically like what i meant is it's not like the roof where it's like this whole crazy story of like whispery over layered like moments you know like it's very much like i'm thinking of you in my sleep of solitude tonight if you know and then but by the end of it it is like that huge moment you know well i think with the the music video we get for it, the story of the music video is still quite tame. It's quite, that's definitely basic. And I feel with that, that just sets fire to the lyrics more. Like that just makes them more vivid and more emphasized. Yeah, the video is cute too. My point is, it's not like a heartbreaker lyric or like a the roof lyric or like, you know, it's a very basic lyric. Yes, we all Mariah songs have like smart words in them, and she's like a good writer. Like, I don't mean like she's like it's like I don't mean basic in a bad way, but like like it is more basic than other songs. I get what <laughs> like, you're saying, but it like just I mean, there's like, a couple of words in there that you have probably have to Google or you've never heard that often. Like, doesn't mean that the lyrics are good. Like giving me life is lyrically amazing like it's storytelling you can picture it there's no big words in there so yeah it doesn't I depend, mean her lyric writing doesn't depend on the word that those big long words like no and I don't think my all does either I think my all is it's in the vocal delivery 100% like I think that I think it's because the lyrics are so basic that it allows for that three layered type moment like where the first the first chorus and the first verse is very whispered very intimate very longing and and like it's like almost like you're just opening the book and it's a story the second one is like oh there's a belted moment and we're like getting deep into the thick of it here 
and you really felt that. And then you get that, like that, uh, that bridge with the, just like the whisper moments again. And she gives you that little tease and then boom into the final chorus. There's not even like words for the bridge. It's just, no, we're going to repeat it one more time. Like, that's what I mean by basic is like, just, it's the same thing over and over again, but each time vocally it's getting more and more Olympic and huge and like more like impressive, you know, she goes higher and higher. It's probably one of the hardest songs to sing. Okay. Let's go into the remixes. So the first one and and probably the most poignant one really, it it has to be my old say a while. I do believe this is the so, so deaf remix. And it features Lord Tariq and Peter Guns as well. Yeah, with JDs. The second one is called So So Deaf Remix featuring Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. I do like this. I like the fact it's completely, completely different. And I love both versions. I will not swap. It doesn't need to be on the album. It was released as a single. I feel like it was released as a separate single. Am I right? Yeah, it was released as a separate single. And I didn't even know this single existed or the song existed until like a year after Butterfly was released. Oh, okay. I didn't but know it was remixes was released. Yeah, yeah. It was released as a, a maxi single. Kind of like what she did with uh, Thank God I Found You and the Make It Last remix. It was the same exact way. Oh, but did it have My All on it? No, that was the other one. Uh, the track listing on this one is My All Stay A While, My All Stay A While Without Rap, Yep, it does have my all in it. And then it has the Morales My Club Mix, mm-hmm. Morales Death Club Mix, and then it has the Roof Funky Club Mix. But you see, to me, like, the the Stay A While remix without rap. Like, what's the point? Exactly. Like, I don't feel like it can exist. I mean, it clearly does, I know. But, like, I just don't feel it's going to have any legs to it without the rap. Like come on that's what she's about and the fact that they did a completely different song re-recorded vocals completely different musical backdrop like there needs to be some kind of guest rap collaboration going on yeah that my all version that this is a song my all stay a while where i'm like okay yeah this one definitely needs the rap version like i remember earlier we're talking about honey I disagree, you know, about Honey. This one, yeah, I agree. It definitely needs the rap version. The second most prominent remix would be the My All Classic Club mix. So now I want to hear what y'all think about this one, because to me, this is my favorite Mariah Carey Club mix ever. Like, ever of all timeness. It It is so golden. I put it on a pedestal. I can't get enough of it. It's everything. I like it. It's, I I don't like, because this is the one where they still use the same vocals from the original My All, and then it just goes yes. into just one more night. And I yep. just, I don't want to be horrible about it. I love, I love this, but like. But there's you, no resung vocals. Exactly. Well, there, there are. A few there are. The feel you about it, feel you about it, feel you about it, baby, baby. You can't call that resung. But the whole go- original song is the same, just like Garrett said, but then they add a little bit more. It's not like Honey, where guys, everything is different. Do you not feel that this would have elevated so much more had she resung the whole song and then got into the, yes. like, just one more, you know? Like, that would have been. Yes golden and it feels like 
were like were robbed a little bit and but what there was a story with this i think she was sick or something or she is a tight schedule i can't remember but if they'd have just waited a little bit or i don't know i don't know i'm saying stuff now and i just don't know what the time scale was or the time stamp of everything but like if there was a little bit more time gone into it even if they'd have just like rehashed a few like live studio moments together that weren't on the recording although i think it would have sounded very cut and paste but there could have been something or if they'd have like retracted like a live vocal for but then it's got to fit with the bit i don't know my mind's spiraling and going off thinking of many options and it might not have even worked but like it just would have been so much better if she'd have re-recorded and then it could have got into all that like amazingness afterwards and then the whole thing in, in its entirety would have been classic I don't I don't understand how y'all are hating on this song so I'm not much. I'm not I like it but I just feel like it's a little bit Nick it's the same song but just with that little cute bit at the end like if I'm gonna give a remix the title of my favorite remix like it better have a fully resung track like it's definitely gonna be a different version but there were plenty of resung vocals on this song for me the just one more night and feel your body, baby, baby. But that's I also, not resung. I don't know I, why you're saying that's resung. Like that's just new. That's new stuff. Okay. I so also like, love but the rest of the the Myall is the original version. Just like Garrett said, like I think I think the Honey remix is my favorite one because the whole entire song is resung. The whole song. But with my all, when I prefer it when she does it live and she does the the song we know. Well, we know both. Yes, but I mean, yes. the, the song that went to number one, but then she just goes into the remix. Obviously, that's the costume Like change, Diva's Live. And the Adventures of Mimi tour. And, and Pavarotti. Like, yeah, she's done it like quite a few times. I feel she does it a lot more now, obviously, because she tours more than releases. Well, does she? <laughs> Before COVID, she toured a little bit more towards... The, the end of that world that we knew before COVID, she was touring a lot. And that would be what prompts the costume change. Like she just goes into One More Night and then she walks off and then she changes. So I feel like that became more of what we to, to expect from that song. And I prefer it that way. I prefer that over yeah, I do too. the actual remix just because Me too. Of the same vocals that's all it is like at the bit the first quarter or the first half of it or whatever the it is like it's it feels like that remix only really begins when she goes into the um just one more night it, yeah i wish that if the remix was to be like how she does it live like we just get the version with the amazing vocals um, and slowed down because it's it's that track anyway. Like uh, you don't need to speed it up till the song's over. Then you give us that just one more night, just one more night, and then we get some extra vocals and some things going on. Just a little fade out, a little um outro moment you know but just the same exact song but like sped up like it's a lady gaga remix like it's it's not different like i love i love the other remixes where things are different like anytime you need a friend dream lover club mix the 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 vocals are completely different this one is yeah i don't know why it's your favorite i i'm not hating i just don't know why 
it, it it's to me it's amazing it's perfect i also love that that fast guitar break in the center of the song it, i love it so much i love that they kept to the original song by adding that guitar in there in that remix you, y'all are blowing my mind for real for real it's a good remix it's good i mean it's not the best one though so the my all video <laughs> It's a bit of a fever dream. We get a black and white setting with Mariah on an overturned lifeboat. And there is a lighthouse in the background with a Fabio-esque looking man. And we also get back and forth shots between that and Mariah like in the water. And then also Mariah in this like field of giant flowers, like as tall as trees. like kind of like sunflowers but not they're like very like um fantastical looking like flowers oh god so. it's like it's almost like i don't want to cry in the in the meadow meets i don't even know like they, i i can see it actually vividly emblazoned in my mind i can see it and she's kind of like hugging herself as she's swaying or something or it's like close up and head in the water yes in the water i I can't remember that but like yeah these these weird sunflowers and they are quite tall they're very tall yeah so basically she's on top of the lifeboat she's on top of this man in the lighthouse um she's super naked naked and they're like wrapped in a towel you get side boob or side you get some side boob and some back and some you know they're just like grabbing on each other and touching each other it's a weird i I like that i quite like a little bit of side boob from mariah it's very rare we've only got it twice basically mariah's all wet in this like black dress her hair looks cute it's straightened a little bit of volume um she had a nosebleed or something during the shoot of this video and um in some shots i think you can kind of tell and basically she sings a song the video is black and white but she ends up on top of the lighthouse with the chico and she's wrapped in the towel and everything yes i said all that yeah there's a lot of some kind of like suggested frolicking but you don't see much you just see them like almost as if he's like they're moving around a lot, but within the embrace. And there's a lot of, like, <laughs> ca- caressing of the shoulder, wet hair. I think, has she got wet hair? I feel like she has wet hair. She's got wet hair in, like, some scenes. And then some scenes, it's not wet. Yeah. Um, the scene on the lighthouse, she has dry hair. But obviously, okay. the scene in the water, she has curly but right she's hair. Got a t- she's got a towel on in the lighthouse. She, I can see her like walking up to the guy with the towel on, and then, and then they just like start like moving back and forth, like, and then like leaning backwards and like just being weird on the lighthouse. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's suggesting that they're hooking up on the lighthouse, but um, they're obviously not. Like, well, it just looks like they're just like <laughs> I don't know if they kiss. Do they kiss? No, I think there's like a, a moment where their faces are like maybe a centimeter apart, like in a shot. And it's a quick sort of like, I feel like the camera moves around them slightly and it's so quick and it looks and as the if they lighthouse do. light is like moving around too. So it's like, they gets change dark. It. Yeah. Yeah. If I could change anything from this video, I wish that she would have kept on theme with the honey video and used the same guy from the honey video. I don't know if y'all feel that way. Yeah, but. that would have been cute. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Or made it like, um, because the first two videos are like, we're escaping the mansion and running away from Tommy. I wish it still would have 
been in the same theme of like I don't know just more like on brand for that vibe kind of like how she did with um the it's like that video and the we belong together with the same guy the same storyline yeah yeah also this video was a gay awakening for me seeing that guy with no shirt on and jeans with that arched back and those sexy abs i was just like did he have i think i I was like i think i like dick (laughs) okay okay nick like and dick i mean he's cute i don't think he's as cute as the honey music video guy though he has long hair doesn't he he's got longer curlier hair a bigger nose and um he looks very much like hercules like he just looks like more like uh, i like the i like the town the tan brown boy better yeah i mean hercules was released this around the same time maybe that's why it was 97 you're right why are all my favorite things from 97 like my favorite disney movie is hercules my favorite movie period is titanic favorite album is butterfly all of them 97 that's so weird do we want to talk more about the video? This one's kind of a basic video. Yeah. Not yeah. very much. But we did get a second video because we got the Mile Stay a While video as well. Oh, Hood Raya. It's kind of like a party. I quite like it. It's when you listen to my all or think of my all, you don't think of a part or normal kind of party because it's something else. But like, so the Stay a While remix video was was really separated. And it was quite nice to see her in that kind of scenario like you didn't really get to see mariah in a party moment there was no songs really about it until we got to the emancipation of mimi that you know there's no club moments party moments disco like emotions was a house party moment in terms of its genre but i'm talking about like um, in the video too there was a house party yeah it's still but I mean, that's the early part of a career. I'm talking about Mariah actually getting a groove on, you know, like, and I feel like we got a little bit of it here. They were also in the recording studio in this video as well oh, with Peter Guns. Yeah, with Peter Guns. And I can't tell, and I, I don't know if y'all ca- caught this as well, but it looks like Fat Joe is in the video. What? Like, sh- Mariah sits by him. He looks just like Fat Joe. And this is before Fat Joe became a thing. Who, who's Fat Joe again? What's love? Got to do Got to do Also, what do you think about her little lemon dress ensemble? <laughs> I like more of the the Gucci uh, bikini ensemble. That is an iconic look from Mariah. I'm not going to lie. With the yeah. curly rye hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that red with the black overlay, like the see-through mesh black and the Gucci top and her and her thong strings are hanging and um yeah 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 that's the look i think of i don't remember the other look it's this like white dress and it has a whole bunch of lemons on it and she's like <laughs> laying on the floor it's i thought it was cute but i don't remember uh, that no I don't. you have Wait, to go back and watch it she doesn't have her hair in the braids because that's thank god i found you right yeah yeah so she, like like I said before, it's like uh, it's it's almost like a memoirs of an imperfect angel kind of dress, but it has like prints of lemons on it. I think it's cute. This is also the first time I ever remember seeing Mariah use that little fake back tattoo thing that she would do. I don't think I've noticed that either until Heartbreaker. She does it in the breakdown video too. She has a butterfly, a little fake butterfly on her back in the breakdown video. Oh God, of course, yes, definitely with a cabaret moment. Track four, you guys, is the roof 
Back in Time featuring Mob Deep. It was produced by Corey Rooney and Poke and Tone. It features Whisperaya, and it is probably one of the best whispering songs from her. It's another fan favorite and Mariah's as well. This is one of the best vocal layering songs off the album and in her discography, period. Probably um, all time. Probably pro- all time. Yeah, probably all time. It's a masterclass in vocal layering. What are your guys' first memories of this song? I think what I said earlier in the beginning of the episode when I was listening to it and I realized I need to actually really listen to it was when I got to this track. And obviously I let the album play because I like the sound of it. But like the lyrics from the jump like it wasn't raining yet but it was definitely a little misty on that warm november night i thought wow and it just set off something in my mind where i thought i need to sit down start to finish completely give my attention to this and i was looking for that song because obviously like i don't know what i was doing at the time i was obviously doing something else and i was just listening to it like you would probably listen to I don't know, Kylie or Madonna or something that's quite like, then listen to it. And I was like really excited for this song to come on. And as soon as it come on, it's just the anticipation as well, like that little bit in the beginning before the beat drops and then the counting in almost of the beat drop. And it's just like, it's such a journey. I mean, this whole album is a journey. If we had to really put this album into a word it's a journey but like this song like from the beginning and even like now we know that how she's described the the inception of the song like it's completely encapsulated in what we get in the end as the finished track like it's definitely all there like I feel as if we're on that journey with her telling the story whether you can relate to the lyrics or not there is something that she's really like that those first few seconds before she gets into like it wasn't raining yet like that's it's almost the musical equivalent of once upon a time for me the part in the song where it's like it's like very much in the background but they brought it like up a little bit with the violin going like like i love that i literally will just listen to that song for that sometimes like alone that's like dum dum digga digga dum dum digga digga. Ew! Stop! Please stop! <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part of the master class. <laughs> but that's the bit at the end of the song, isn't it? When it's sort of like, well, you, you, you that's hear not it. even part of the song. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It goes throughout the whole song, Gia. No, it's not. Have you even listened to the roof? She said that was Run DMC. Yeah, that she included in the song. Somehow it's not referenced in the album Inlay, but it is throughout the whole song. It's just, it sounds different to the dum-dum. It sounds different Wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You guys are It's like on a xylophone. It's like on a xylophone that somebody's playing it. But it's not. Don't say that that's part of the fucking song because then I'm gonna it hear is. it in the song. It's it just really <laughs> subtle. It's I can't not. believe, it. and you're a butterfly fan. <laughs> I included it in our in all of our stuff on social media. It's there at the end, but, it's like, but that's not like that. how it. That's not how it sounds at all. If no. that's what I'm thinking, if it's what I'm thinking of, 
it's like a twinkle. Are you guys yes. talking about the, twi- yes, the twinkle? Yes, it's a twinkle, a twinkle, a twinkle, definitely. Yes, like on the, a xylophone. Yeah. It's like it played on a not, xylophone. Okay, no, it does not. Then no, it's not that. It doesn't sound like that. Okay, it does not sound like how she sang it in the thing, though. Like it sounds yeah, it very does. like a beautiful twinkling moment. Like the way she was singing it in that masterclass sounded like shit. And it did not sound like like what it sounds like in the song so but it's identifiable like if you guys are talking about that like dream like almost like she's about to wake up type jingling moment like very vision of love like it's not it i mean i don't know if it's that or not so it is that it's it's totally identifiable okay well it sounds better in the song it it definitely does sound better (laughs) in the song (laughs) Because when she did that, I was just like, was that from a Run DMC? And I don't even know what Run DMC song that is, really. Maybe it's something that she knew of and they changed it, but it's the the structure of the notes and that's what she's borrowed. But like, other than that, I don't know. But anyway, let's move on from that. That <laughs> took way too long. Because that part of it, it doesn't sound like it's like supposed to be a melody to me. It sounds like it's very much like like an embellishment you know mm. but that's the beauty of what the roof is because there's so many layers to it mm-hmm. so i can see how you can kind of miss that a little bit yeah but, yeah but, but I, again, at least I, I knew it was there like i knew that there's like this jingling twinkling like tinkerbell-esque type sound at the end i just didn't know it was that because it doesn't sound like that in the song that's where the dum dum digga digga dum dum digga digga comes from i literally thought that was like just she pulled that out of her ass and was like you know let's just let's just add this to this part just because oh god bless your little heart yeah well, that, that's, I mean, that's the vibe I got in the masterclass, so. The Roof was released as the third single from the album in Europe on March 20th, 1998 by Columbia Records. Similar to the treatments of Butterfly and Breakdown, The Roof received a limited worldwide release due to Carrie's conflict at the time with Sony. The song was written and produced by Mariah and the Trackmasters. It is built around the sample from Shook Ones Part 2 by American hip-hop duo Mob Deep. The song's lyrics recount an intimate rooftop encounter between lovers and how the memory affects the protagonist. The Roof Extended Remix features a rap verse by Mob Deep. Both versions were praised by contemporary music critics. Because of Mariah's conflict with Sony at the time, it was only given a commercial release in Europe. While Breakdown was released throughout Oceania, although not officially released there, in the UK, the song peaked at number 87 during May of 1998 and first appeared on its R&B chart at the end of March. The Roof stayed in the UK singles chart for two weeks charting on import sales only before falling outside the top 100 in the netherlands it performed very weak as well peaking at number 63 while it spent five weeks fluctuating in the single top 100 the single cover one of if not mariah's best single covers another uh, still shot from the music video with mariah with the straight hair in the limo and like that reddish nail polish. It's one of the best covers ever. 
It's beautiful. I bought Nick this single. Well, I didn't buy it for him. I gifted it to him. And I'm so very grateful for it because to me, this image of Mariah is the best image of Mariah ever. It's my favorite of all time. Yeah. So back when we first met, oh, we should have talked about this with the Honey single too. So how Nick and I first met is um, we traded vinyls with one another. I gave you a Daydream vinyl, the vinyl Me Please vinyl, and you gave me a Honey single. And then I remember you thought I was fucking crazy because you were like, this bitch is just so crazy. And I was like, you know, I want to give you my um, roof vinyl because you said that you could never find it. It was so rare. And I was like, um, I literally got this for like $15. Like you can just have it. Um, it was one of my favorites that I had to, but it was just nice to, cause I think this was like 2020 and like, I like really didn't like see anyone, talk to anyone, do anything. So it just felt nice to like give somebody a present, you know? So, yep. I gave Nick the roof single. It's not even that great of a single. It's just the picture that's beautiful yeah that's this is a good transition into the remixes of this song because with like with this song like i said before with honey the mob the mob deep extended version is my favorite version because to me again it's just an extension of of the song i love that extra rap i love when he's talking about smoking blunts rolling l's like the perfume chanel i love it what do you guys think about the mob deep remix this song's another one where i'm like you know the original can stay can stay on the album like i love the video and that the video has the rap i don't think it needs it and my favorite part of the song is when she's talking about uh, last night last night i like dream that i whispered the words that i love you boy and girl that is the best part on the the whole entire butterfly album period yeah when she's talking about last night i last night i dreamed and i whispered the words that i love you boy like that's the that has always been my favorite part my that's not the part i'm talking about though i'm talking about the last night i had the strangest dream it was actually quite symbolic you know that part at the end oh yeah that's that's one of my favorite parts too but, that um, is my no. favorite part. Okay, no. My favorite part is the bridge where she's talking about that's my favorite part of the whole entire album. The whole album. Um, yeah. So I don't like how the rap section like cuts that part off. So that part pisses me off. So I don't like that. I guess I kind of get that. What yeah. are your thoughts on the Mob Deep extended mix, Gareth? I love it. I do I do like the rap. Again, it's that thing with the honey moment and i do feel like for the album it it's perfect as it is but like i mean i have a playlist on my phone of the butterfly album if all the features were there and i do like listening to that but there is something about listening to the album as it is and i feel like i'm missing the rap but then the roof is so perfect as it is that the rap does add some period it's not even like it's a remix but like because it's not it's the same song and there's so many other remixes i like the rap and i think the rap is deserved the guy does need to be there and i love that for the music video and the fact that it is in the music video and not on the album but i do like the fact that we also have a 
um a moment that's just the record you know like the song moment the single moment or whatever you want to call it like a track of it but i am yeah, glad, I exactly I'm what you're glad we have it but it didn't need to be on the album no but yeah that's so crazy to me like i literally switched them around and add these extended versions to my playlist to listen me? to butterfly that way well, no, I, I have a, I have, I don't add it to like, I don't recreate the the original track listing of Butterfly and then add them, but I do have one with them all switched out. Not, I haven't switched my all with Stay a While, but all the other ones are switched up. Even Breakdown with the extended version that was on the uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony album or Crazy Bone album, can't remember which one it was on now. But still, to actually take Butterfly as Butterfly can't really change it but i i have a playlist just in case <laughs> that was a really long-winded answer but i just don't know how to articulate it in in a simplistic no way. i understand completely what you're saying no this is it. one of the mariah songs that's like untouchable in my opinion totally unless but you're gonna to... put brandy on backing vocals which it could have been better but i, I love that it. you didn't like it no i loved it but i just wish that the it felt like there was something missing i don't know what it was i think what they did was they turned the background vocals all the way down in the remade one and i'm like the beauty of this song was that like you could barely fucking tell what the lead vocal is saying because the background vocals are like the lead vocal. So I don't know why when they yeah. redid it, like Brandy's so far in the background, but whatever. Well, that leads us to the other mixes because there are there's a full cruise remix and then there's the Morales mix. And to me, both of these dance remixes are some of the worst that Mariah has ever released. I don't know how y'all feel about them. I really feel that you sent me that roof vinyl because you knew how shitty those remixes were. Am I lying? Okay, that's for the... Uh, cat got your tongue, bitch. <laughs> don't come for me, bitch. I was being very, very nice by sending you that. So You were uh... like, you know what? I've listened to these remixes before and they're not that great. I think I'm just going to send this to Nick. <laughs> um, okay, but I and I'm grateful. I'm grateful, bitch. But uh, I know, know that that... I know deep down inside why you did that, <laughs> bitch. Fuck you, because I love that single cover as well. So you're lucky you have it, and bitch. I ain't I'm... talking about the single cover. That's I'm all talking I'm about say. the dance mixes. I'm talking about the dance mixes, Gia. There's one what... good one on there. The Morales mixes. I. It's his worst mix with mariah but those full cruise remixes like i can't even with them and this will probably be the most negative until we get to the beautiful one spoiler alert that i'll probably get with anything on the butterfly album but they are not good i'm sorry period end of story well you're welcome for sending you that so no and i'm very grateful it's one of my most prized items anything butterfly in my collection is everything to me so thank you um let's move on so. to the music video so the video is Mariah. We've got a few different uh, storylines going on. So we've got Mariah in a nasty fucking ratchet bathroom um, getting ready for this party that's going to be on the roof. Then we've got the party that's actually on the roof. Then we've got Mariah in a limo in the rain, which I'm assuming is like post-party. And she's like telling us about what happened on the roof, like on her way home from the party. And uh, I'm about to read this little insert that we have here, describing that a little bit further. 
In the music video, Mariah is seen in a limousine recounting an encounter she shared on a rainy night. Additionally, past scenes of the event are shown with Carrie caressing her lover at the rooftop party. During the video's climax, Carrie opens the limousine sunroof and stands in the rain trying to recapture the moments she shared with her little lover boy in the rain. The music set in the 80s in New York. Mariah couldn't look better. Um, she was recreating the moment when she left Derek's apartment while she was in the limo. Okay, so basically this whole song and music video are based off of Mariah's real experience that she had with Derek Cheetah, which we know from the book, she, I believe she was at like a pizza shop or like having some sort of date with Derek. They ditched security to go back to his place. And this, what it wasn't really like a party from how it was described by Mariah, but it, they were just on a rooftop that rainy night. Uh, so... If anyone wants to chime in here. This is another one of those lost Mariah Carey videos. And also Mariah has said that this is her favorite song from the Butterfly album. Yeah, this video is very good. Um, the looks in it, like Mariah's giving us like Farrah Fawcett hair. She's got the Sergio Valente jeans. That red jacket is super cute too. The mules, uh, even the people dancing at the party is a cute vibe. They've got those shirts the shirts with the spray painted like 1989 or 18, 1980 1983. Something. 1983. And then um, their outfits are very cute. Of course, Mariah in the limo with the straight hair and the like the burgundy and the high heels. Yeah, this is one of my favorite, favorite looks from her. She just looks so gorgeous. Um, yeah, and then she's making out with the guy on top of the roof who's like this like mixed looking black guy with in the light blue and it doesn't really look like Derek but that's cute it's so cute I mean the whole video is a vibe I think it's definitely in keeping with the genre of the album which again like perfect for a single and I think that's probably why I feel like the video meshes the two together the two recordings or even though one is the other one is exactly the same it just has a rap section but I feel like with that music video, it, it meshes the two together. And the fact that the the rap section version is the video, it makes it more organic, more fitting. And again, like, I just don't get why this wasn't bigger. I know it was released in some way, shape or form, but I feel like, and I feel like everyone feels like this a little bit, like The Roof is the crybaby of the album. Not that it sounds like that or anything, but it's the missed opportunity for a number one. Oh, you mean like this should have been a single type of it's the crybaby of the album? Because I thought we already decided that Baby Doll was the crybaby of the album. I mean, in a way, that is a missed opportunity, but that just wasn't released. The Roof was released in some way. It's just, it should have been a number one. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, to me, I I'm very happy that Mariah was able to do something with the song, even though it only had a European release. I'm not hating on the Europeans in any way, but... We know that this is Mariah's favorite song from the album, and I wish it, it's it frustrates me so much to know that they were stifling Mariah because they didn't like the direction she was heading in and what was going on with Tommy at the time. And that really breaks my heart that he literally attacked all these songs that were kind of 
directly correlated towards him because as we know, this song is the Derek Jeter song and of her like officially quote unquote cheating with Derek Jeter. So again, that this might be a little conspiracy. I really feel like Tommy had a hand in just being like, nope, nope, bitch, you're not doing this. Yeah, because it kind of tarnishes his powerful reputation. On the UK singles chart, this went to number 87. Uh, that, well, you, again, like we said earlier, you know, the Europeans love a, a Mariah Carey ballad slash cover. So doesn't surprise me at all. I don't know really how well she does with the rest of Europe, like, but in the UK alone, like what I said earlier, that's my analysis of from what I can gather based on how big she is, but how her chart positions are. I do feel that like, I don't know if this song would have been big over here if it had been, because apparently this was an imported single in the UK. So I'm guessing that it was made available from the rest of Europe, but wasn't officially released. Because why would it chart? It just, it's so weird. Like, this is, these are the songs that should have done really well. And Butterfly did for what it was, but they could have done better had they been released properly. And it, it, it's just so messy. And I feel like this is when we started, from my point of view anyway, as a UK fan, lamb, whatever. But like, it just feels like this is when it started to get a little bit messy here and there. Now that you say that, an import single, I'm looking at the the roof single that I have. And the one that was released was pressed and released in Austria. Why are you releasing the roof in Austria? Like, what is going on? That's why, what? And the whole vibe of the roof is New York. It's totally just New York. Why was this not released in America? Like, I, it, I, as a, as a main, like a huge single, like like as a main single for the album. Like, I I don't know. Like this. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, why would you put all this money into a video and pressing singles just to release it in like German speaking countries? Like, what? I mean, maybe. I mean. Maybe he wanted to stop it from America because that's where she got all her success. He'd said all these things about having rappers on her music and it not not going to be a thing, even though it is, and it was then. Um, in fact, that was when it was really, like, huge, and it still is. But, like, music's not the same as it was then. But, like, maybe he did it then and was like, oh, we'll just put it out in Europe, and then if it doesn't do too well over there, then she knows better. I don't know. It just seems like some kind of vindictive approach that was beyond her control you know but if you look at both the singles that she released in the united states from butterfly honey and my all they both went number one why wouldn't you try to release another single because i know when they release my all and breakdown they were always throwing the roof on there as a bonus track but they were never ever pushing it as a single I don't know, but I think maybe he didn't really realize honey, about Honey, because let's face it, we've said that like we didn't really read between the lines with it, really. I mean, Mayor's quite descriptive. It's pretty obvious she's singing about somebody, and if he knows she's not singing about him, then that's the writing on the wall is there. But like, yeah, but like this whole album is her not singing about him, though. I don't know, but then songs like Butterfly, but then the subject matter of Butterfly, it's for him, it was probably a really messy project for him to get behind. And therefore that shows with where it was released because some of these songs, like there was five singles, I think, from this album in total. Yeah, in America, there was like two, am I right? I mean, there was two number ones, but... 
No, it was just Honey in My All. I think what Gareth is trying to say that there were five uh, singles released worldwide. Yeah. But yeah, there were five. There were yeah. five. And well, not even only two of them. Like, if you look at it outside of America, like, these songs didn't do as well as what they should have done. And, I mean, I think, what was My All? My All was like, it just becomes so messy. And then for I, I feel like maybe he did realize certain songs were about somebody else or about him and it therefore didn't get the full mariah treatment you know what i mean yeah i get it okay so the next one is track five and it's fourth of july produced by walter afanasiev and mariah carey and written by both of them i think right i love this song this is my favorite mariah song of all time I like how it comes right after the roof. It's fucking amazing. What she does with her vocals in the background, she like literally creates a rainstorm with her vocals. It's so, I can't even put into words how much I love 4th of July. With the with the vocals, there's this like, but you know when you like have these hazy memories of like summer moments, whether it be you're on holiday or... It might just be a moment with somebody, like you spent the whole day with somebody that you really are fond of, and you've had great conversations, you've done some amazing things, blah, blah, blah. And the way that those poignant things stick in your mind, her vocals, as well as obviously the storytelling, of course, but the storytelling is the story. The vocal layering and the way the harmonies go and the birds tweeting and lingering through and the birds tweeting and lingering throughout kind of become the way a memory sort of lingers in your mind. That's how I feel when I listen to this song. It feels it's like like a heartbeat of a memory just pulsating as you're thinking about it. The biggest memory and thing lingering in my mind is Underneath the Stars because this is a clear part two of Underneath the Stars. Totally, but then that does the same thing. But I think because that has just underneath the stars as the title and it's all about that it's a thing of the night time whereas this one it feels like it starts off more so while the sun is still there and yeah yeah that's how i feel as well like the imagery of my in my head when i hear this song is like do you know like those really like hot summer days of obviously it's set in july so like yeah. it's like real muggy it's like that uh sunset kind of colors all around you and then the rainstorm comes in and then it's nighttime those are the images that is the imagery that i get in my head with this song anytime i hear it like it's such a like overwhelming feeling i get when i listen to this song because you just you feel that imagery and you can see it in your head but mariah has clearly said that she made this song to sound like Underneath the Stars. She's literally called it Underneath the Stars Part 2. Which one do you guys like better? Well, obviously, I like Fourth of July better. I think I do like Fourth of July, just because of my age at the time as well. Like, it's nostalgic in a way around that time. Like, summer days are, like, strong memories for me. Like, nighttime at that age was probably more so, you know, inside the house and... They are part one and part two of each other. I don't know, you know. Probably Fourth uh, of July. Also, with the imagery in my head, like, do you know in the Always Be My Baby video where they're at, like, at the summer camp and they're like running and jumping into the water, like the kids are? I get that kind of imagery in my head as well because she says, "Then you put your hand in mine," and then like I get an image of them like 
like running around all gay in a field or something. I have a direct quote from Mariah about this song right here. It says, she says, Fourth of July was one of the first songs that I wrote for this album, and it's sort of like Underneath the Stars, which was my favorite song from the last album. We were continuing in that 70s feel, and lyrically, I wanted to paint a picture like when you listen to a song and you read the lyrics. It's very visual in a lot of ways. And honestly, she knocked that out of the park for me. 100%, period. Like, I've never gotten the kind of feeling from another song that I get from 4th of July, especially like I was saying before with the lyrics where she's, where she makes literally a rainstorm with her, her vocals when she's singing thunderclouds hung around. So thread, so threateningly ominously hovering and the sky open wide. And she goes showering and the way that she layers her voice on that showering part, girl, that is just absolutely amazing to me. And then it goes into that part again. Then you put your hand yeah. in mine. Because, so, like, she's painting this picture of them going to different places throughout the song. Okay, so now we're going here. And now we're going here. Then you put your hand in mine. It's just perfect. Like, yeah, to me, the most perfect Mariah song ever created. I think I like Underneath the Stars more. But I do love this song. I love, love, love this song. But I definitely think it's derivative of underneath the stars i don't know i don't know i really do love this one i do i definitely do um i like that i definitely get the sense that underneath the stars is more of a nighttime moment fourth of july is giving me more daytime moment i'm definitely getting all those butterfly tones and the warmth and the summery moments and then the roman candles and then the rainstorm i think i just prefer underneath the stars like i like that record crackling noise in underneath the stars and it's more swingy like i don't know how to explain it i think this this song is perfect for the album i think it's great for butterfly i don't dislike it but i just can't help but think like it's underneath the stars part two but i love it it's a great song one of my favorite mariah songs for sure but i i like underneath the stars more absolutely i couldn't imagine butterfly without fourth of july i couldn't yeah like, i couldn't it's, either it's so perfect for the album and I, I think it's really unfair of us to have to choose between underneath the stars and fourth of july because they're kind of like one and the same to me they're just part yeah of they're each so other. similar like it's the like they're siamese the twins stars, underneath the stars is like four daydream for sure and then um fourth of july is like four butterfly so like it's perfect for what they're for Final thoughts on 4th of July? Classic, don't touch it. Yeah, I couldn't imagine a world without this song. This song is so very special to me. Yeah, it's a it's a really special one. I love the, um, I remember one of the first times I heard it, I thought that one of her vocals was a guitar, actually. And, and it was like one of the first things that really intrigued me about it was, um, what is that part? What is that fucking part? She like transitions from singing into humming and it sounds like she's a fucking guitar. It's so good. So when she says delicately laid and twined in an intimate days, so there's a line when she's, so she's the lead vocal. She's like delicately laid and twined. And then she goes in. And then, so her lead vocal changes into a background vocal. And then she goes, 
an intimate day has. So when she went, before she says intimate days, I used to think that was a guitar, but it's her voice. So that's one thing about this song is like, she literally is the music. Like, it's so good. It's so good. Exactly. That's, that's the beauty of the song is like what she is doing with her voice is so, so ahead of its time. Like I said before, with the, the thunderstorm shower ring and what you're saying with the background vocals, it's just, it's like God came out of her mouth. It's so weird. All right. On to track six and our last track of this album review for part two is going to be breakdown which is produced by stevie j mariah and puffy breakdown is a song by american singer and songwriter mariah carey from her sixth studio album butterfly the song features rap verses the song features rap verses by two of the five members of bone thugs and harmony crazy bone and wishbone the song was released january 6 1998 by columbia records as the fourth single from butterfly Similar to the treatments of Butterfly and The Roof, Breakdown received a limited worldwide release due to Carrie's conflict at the time with Sony, which is a reoccurring theme with this album. The song's lyrics describe the emotions someone feels when their lover suddenly stops loving and leaves them, and the pain or breakdown it causes the person. The song was well-received by contemporary music critics. Due to the song's limited release, Breakdown did not chart in most major music markets, with the exception of Australia and New Zealand, where it peaked at number 38 and 4 respectively. In the United States, due to Billboard's rules at the time, the song wasn't able to chart on the Hot 100, but charted at number 53 on the Hot 100 airplay. What is crazy to me with this song is I heard this song on the radio all the time. Which is weird because it didn't really have that official release in America, but it was released as like a double A side with my all. I don't recall hearing this on the radio or over here, obviously, or on TV or anything like that. Like when I went back to listen to this album for the first time, I I was blown away because I thought that like, it sounds like a, there's so many songs on this album that sound like a single. I, there's so many lost opportunities with this album. It's so good, and it obviously did all right. But like, I just consider was it a song in the a single in the UK, like, or just Europe? I think it was Australia. To be honest with you, uh, I don't think it was really released over there because I know that I have a breakdown single, and it's only from Australia, Australia but. Like the butterfly single, I have an, an I have an American radio promo for it. So I'm so like taken back again to, to why that they were releasing these radio promos to radio, but they were allowing them to chart. It's so weird to me. I don't I don't get that as, as either because it's if it's hard to get hold of or it's only made specifically for, or exclusively for radio, for example. Like, I don't get why it would be charting. Unless it's, no, I was going to say, unless it's down to people, like, calling into the radio and, like, having it. But that wasn't even a thing then. Like, it was definitely, literally just down to record sales. Um, But it's like I said, it was released as a single with My All, with the emphasis on My All being the, the... The commercial single but it's like they released my all 
to contemporary radio, and then they release Breakdown to urban radio. So I would always hear Breakdown on urban radio, because that's all I really listened to was urban and R&B radio. And that's probably why I never heard my all, because I never listened to contemporary radio. So they were playing it on R&B radio stations, but obviously they weren't playing it on like Hot 100 stations. You know what I mean? But what are y'all's thoughts on Breakdown? What, how do y'all feel about it? Because I think the song is, again, absolutely iconic. Again, it's one of those songs where she completely describes a situation, a feeling, an emotion that's so relatable. And she does it so perfectly. You called yesterday to basically say, and she just goes into describing that kind of like phone call of of breaking up with somebody. And <laughs> to be fair, like I've not had that many moments where like, someone's broken up with me i've always like broken up with somebody else because i've always known when i'm in a shit situation but like and i just thought these are really strong lyrics they're really like they're definitely experienced lyrics they're not you know it's not just something that she's imagined she's felt there and it's a little bit fun and a little bit playful that she has um rappers harmonizing with her on this so this is again it's slept on so much and i feel like in the lamely people love it Outside the Lamely, like the normal fans and anybody outside of that that might like this song. I disagree because there are people here in America who don't really like really? listen to Mariah like that. And they're like, oh, I love Breakdown. I love that song so much. I've always heard that growing up. But I think a lot of the casual listeners know of this song. Again, like like you said, I wish it would have done more, but... I think it's an iconic song. It, of course. And definitely as part of her sound, as part of like where she was going with her sound and um, and on this album. But I've spoken to a few like lambs and stuff, like just in the past, like a Mariah Carey fans. And there's only been like probably one or two, two that come to my mind that have really been a fan of this song. And it breaks my heart a little bit because it's just like this song is... I know it's not iconic in terms of like sales or records broken or anything like that, but like in terms of like a progression in as Mariah Carey as an artist, this song is iconic. There's a quote from Mariah on Breakdown. She said, I told Bone Thugs and Harmony I wanted to record something with them. The reaction was something like, okay. I think I shock people with ideas I have, but I believe the result is okay. It's more than okay. It's fucking iconic. I mean... I like it. I do feel like the other version is a bit better, like in terms of what we get from Bone Thugs and Harmony and an extended, a slightly extended moment. But with the Bone Thugs and, well, the Bone Thugs and Harmony extended version or whatever it's called that's on the Crazy Bone album. The Mo Thugs remix. Yeah. Her, her vocals seem a little bit sort of squashed or behind the production a bit more, whereas on her version on the album, they're strong, they're at the front, they're resonant, they saw, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I don't want to use this word really, but it's a little bit as if they're a bit suffocated on the other version. And that one is a little bit better. And had they put, had they not done whatever they've done to the vocals, it would have been so much better if it was similar to the album version because her vocals are crazy on this. I think it's the same on the Mothogs remix, but the only difference I really catch in the remix is that the piano is more prevalent and the guitar in the background is more prevalent. But the remix to me is just like the other two remixes that we talked about, the Roof yeah. remix and the Honey remix. To me, it's just an extended version of it. I love it 
more than the original version, but it's to me, I just love these extended versions with these rappers. And I wish that she would do more of this today. Yes. Yes. I would love a melodic moment because sometimes when rappers sing as well, and I know not everyone is a singer, but sometimes when rappers sing, sometimes they don't sound that bad. And I think that you don't need too much. Like Mariah Carey could do some deep moments. Like if you just had like a nice little lead, fun vocal moment from a rapper, and she can do all the harmonizing and stuff and sing alongside them. I think it would be cute. Like the, baby, if you give it to me. You know, he's doing that. It's not that deep. He's not like trying to be a huge vocalist, but it sounds all right. And I'm not saying that it needs to sound like that if she does it, but like she, she can do some layering. But if she works with Bone Thugs and Harmony again on something fresh, and I mean something completely original or somebody that's like that, like not a weird Don't Forget About Us remix, but I think it would sound really nice. And I think that their vocals would sound great together today as much as they did then. I also really love the I Still Believe Pure Imagination mix with Crazy Bone. Like I remember when that, came out i was so excited because i loved breakdown so much yeah. because uh, the the cadence as mariah calls it on breakdown is just this is the genius of mariah is that she is just trying to set standards and be one step ahead and think outside the box so what mariah did on breakdown by mimicking bone thugs cadence was just iconic like it's so amazing to me and I don't really, I mean, I'm probably wrong in saying this, but I don't really feel like we get anything of this kind of quality from any other artist. There might be some moments where people are singing with some rappers, but it's probably not as big. But when you get somebody who's supposed to be such a a vocalist like Mariah, and I know we all, we'll always keep going back to the early stages of her career, when she was the one that was always doing the impressive notes and doing the 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 belt in the the key changes and whatever and those kind of schmaltzy things as she likes to call it but like you wouldn't expect it from someone like that and the fact that she did this was absolutely amazing and I just wish that we could have got something else I know we got it here and there on remixes but I feel like this is extra special because it was new from both of them it wasn't a different version of a, an original song or a remix and so it's a it's a perfect staple and i quite like the fact it's almost halfway through the album as well like it's a perfect staple on the album i i think it's perfectly placed because i believe yeah. track one through six is the relationship part with Derek jeter after breakdown the whole vibe of the album changes yeah and it's it's more personal it's it's more reflective and this is just like that changing part in the album yeah. One thing I will say, though, and it's only just come to my mind, actually, if we'd have got a We Belong Together remix, but like we, we got, but something that was freshly written and recorded, like just jiggle the lyrics around with Bone Thugs and Harmony, because I feel like We Belong Together and Breakdown do have similarities melodically, but like one is clearly more of a ballad than the other, but they're still kind of the, pretty much almost the same tempo. I do feel that a remix of We Belong Together with Bone Thugs and Harmony would have been magic. I can see that. Or I could see them on, um, well, I guess it's the same as One and Only because it's kind of the same. Oh, yeah. This, the same cadence with Twista. But yeah, I can see that definitely. All right. So, let, so let's go into the video now. So okay. 
The breakdown video was released on March 24th, 1998, and it was directed by Mariah with the assistance of Diane Martell. It sees her take on the role of various casino girl roles, including a cabaret girl, showgirl, cowgirl, and lucky charm. The members of Bone Thugs and Harmony, except for Busy Bone, make appearances as well. In the music video, Carrie plays her part as a cabaret girl dancing on a chair accompanied by two other females. Other scenes include Carrie playing a magician's assistant to Red Man, which I thought was random that Red Man was in this video, yes. as well as Carrie in a main casino hall where Wish and Crazy Bone make appearances. While they gamble with large crowds surrounding them, Carrie lounges on the table and cheers for them. Like I said before, like, I love this video. I don't know what kind of lens they're using, but it's just like, it's almost like a fish tank lens. Do you know what they're they're using? Yeah, I don't know a lot about filmography or any of that kind of stuff, but it's like, it's really interesting what they're doing with the video. Oh yeah, I'm not quite sure. I feel like it is like the fisheye lens. I feel like that is probably the terminology for it, but... Yeah, no, I don't think she's ever used anything before or after that. Like, it was really, again, it's kind of like a peephole spy looking thing because it kind of looks like, you know, when people go through like mystery shoppers and they go in for like documentaries and they go into a shop and they're trying to like find out the worst customer service or whatever. It looks like those kind of cameras. So again, it still reminds me of the peephole thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like they having gas stations up in the corner, like the little yes. mirror. Like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Mariah so, looks amazing in this video too. Like oh fucking gosh. iconic. That pulled back hair, her makeup, everything. And I quite like I, when she does the pulled back hair thing because we do we, we see it all flowing and beautiful. And sometimes when it's just scraped back, it's it's quite nice to see because it's slick and even in and it's a little bit masculine for a woman to do but i think not that many people can pull it off only a few and the fact that someone like mariah carey can still pull that off is quite sexy there's few things that mariah does with herself that make her look shitty especially back in this this era in the butterfly era i don't think mariah looked better ever than she did in the butterfly era for me but i'm very biased with butterfly I mean, a lot of it was very different. And obviously, we're not going to compare it to Madonna. But I mean, she's kept a look, but she has switched up that look throughout her career. She's not tried to jump on trends and to remain relevant. She's stayed true to herself. She's just switched things here and there. I do like other some other looks, but I just feel there's something quite natural about the butterfly era that looks quite polished, but also neutral like i don't feel like she's trying too hard to be anything other than herself like obviously she wants it to be look beautiful and she does but like it's not the emancipation like you know what i mean it's not too overdone it's not too trying to be like i'm back it's just it literally is and that's why i feel like the nude colors fit perfectly obviously i know they're like very honey s color but the, the flowing hair, the hair falling down by her side. I just feel like so many things with this era that's so exposed. Does that sound, that probably sounds ridiculous, but I feel like. No, that. no, no. I totally agree. The, the way that Mariah looked and like you said, with those new tones and everything, it's absolutely perfect. It's like, yeah. it's the best she's ever looked. New tones look amazing on her. Even like the white ensemble that she had in Honey, Mm. amazing like just simple colors nothing extravagant 
it just looks so perfect on her. Another thing that I really love about this video is when she just like that rotating bed and where she just like <laughs> flops herself on the bed with the casino chips and they're just flying everywhere. It's just so stupid, but it is so iconic. To it's me. very much like why? I mean, why, why, why is she in the middle of the why not, table? Though. But exactly, why, why are they? It looks like it's a honeymoon suite. I think there's rose petals on the bed, and she's there with all these men around her. It's. I don't think it's suggestive. It's playful, but there, there's moments in this video that are just. Of course, it's Mariah Carey, and I feel like, like even the casino, not the casino, the cabaret thing. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Cabaret. There's a scene in it where Liza Minnelli sings a song called Mine Hair, where she's looking, uh, no, she's not looking for a man. She meets loads of men in this song and um, she just has to say goodbye to them because despite how great they are, there's more men around the world for her to visit. And the whole performance is her and I think four other women and they're all dancing with chairs in exactly the same outfit. And it's a really like, important part of the film and it's quite iconic actually and i'm so glad that mariah carey did that it's done so much slower and sleeker and more sophisticated i just like the fact she paid homage to that as well as all these other things that are going on even the thing with the feather boa with the ridiculous glass butterfly and the catwalk and she doesn't really yeah. use the catwalk that much i feel like she's lying down on the catwalk for most of the time that's my least favorite part of the video where she's wearing that like blue bra and yeah. that elaborate light, lit up butterfly and i guess they're like nude pants as well i yeah. th I think that's my least favorite part of the video and, and again in that video she has that uh fake uh butterfly tattoo yeah on the side and on her back I think but she speaking has, i think she has like blue eye makeup on as well like yeah yeah it's just not a good look on her to me at least it's quite out of place yeah it is very out of place in the video it's very diva and extra which is quite on brand for mariah but it was just it didn't really fit in the video for me but speaking of chairs do you remember that one lamb who did that chair dance who he remade that chair dance and it went viral did no. you ever see that no. you have to see that like there's this lamb he's a little white boy and he's doing the whole sitting down in the chair dance that mariah does at the beginning and he's like arching his his back back and he's just he's doing the breakdown dance it's funny but he was so serious in the video and it went viral i'll have to send it to you it's yeah i've never seen it i'd like to see that <laughs> i'm sure you've seen it but you just don't remember <laughs> probably <laughs> okay so that concludes part two of our butterfly album review don't forget to join us next week for part three where we will go through the second part of the butterfly album there's a lot to unpack, guys. So in the meantime, hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. You can also go find us on all social media platforms at the underscore obsessed underscore podcast. Go and listen to our part one. That's also available. Yeah, join us next week on the Obsessed Podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. What do you think ain't got him just suffering? So I, I turn on the lights and break down and cry.